right, welcome everybody to another Angry Wargamer podcast. We have the usual group today. It's Drew, Lando, and of course, myself. And um, yeah, do we want to start where like updates and stuff? We haven't recorded for a couple of weeks. So I know the whole reason I couldn't record last week, which kind of is the reason why we didn't record, is because I was watching the Tyson uh the tyson fight roy jones fight winning money at least i didn't bet on that i knew it was going to be stupid to bet on did it end end in a draw yeah it ended in a draw which is typical (laughs) it's first off it's an exhibition match so um there were they were even there were no official like official judges they had um like guest hall of fame judges that were scoring it, so like Hall of Fame boxers that were scoring it, and then secondly, a big fight like that usually ends in a draw to bring on another match at some point. But it felt like it was going to be staged. No, this definitely was not staged. They were fucking hitting each other. Originally, they were going to use headgear. The rules were kind of weird, so they went uh, two minute rounds which it's usually three minute rounds so it's a minute shorter than a normal round they only went eight rounds which is i guess standard for an exhibition and then if any one of them got cut the fight was automatically stopped but these guys were hitting each other like it was a fucking boxing match and for what tyson's 50 foot 54 wait 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 what did you say these guys were hitting each other like it was a boxing match say it is oh well, you know, they're old guys. Roy Jones, I think, like 52. I get it, but it was a boxing match. That was it was a boxing match. Maybe not maybe not a, a career match or, or, or anything of the sort, but it was a boxing match. So you make it that comparison, it was like a bit redundant. <laughs> right, true. But I think uh, a lot of people thought it was going to be like a sparring match instead of like an actual like fight fight. It was going to be a spar. If it was just going to be a, uh, a a sparring match, that wasn't going to be recorded at all. That was going to be like for something they do in their in like a training gym or something. That was yeah. not going to be recorded. That was a that was a legit fight. Oh yeah, yeah. The weird thing about it was is that there was no crowd. That was okay. That's my first actual fight. Like watching a fight since COVID. I haven't watched any UFC. Haven't watched any boxing matches. Haven't watched any like combat sports really. And so for me to see an empty gym was really weird. You could hear the coaches talking to each, like talking to their fighters while the cameras were there. So it didn't matter like how loud the announcers were. You could still hear the corners talking to each other, which was awesome because you usually don't get to hear that. You usually just you know see them like yelling at each other, or whatever. Sounds like a Rocky movie. Yeah, you know, it was uh, it was definitely fun to watch. Um, Tyson looked like he could probably take on like another two like real career fights. That was in, it was insane to watch that. So uh, you could tell he was pissed at the end, and you could tell Roy Jones Jr. was definitely in some pain <laughs> at the end of that fight. <laughs> Um, but both of them, both of them fought really well. It was my first time getting to see Roy Jones Jr. Cause I never really paid attention to him. And then watching Mike Tyson, a guy who watched 
who I watched fight when I was a little kid with the whole Holyfield era and like through his prime. It was just good to see him fight again. It was awesome. So, but yeah, the um, the only other thing about those fights was the Nate Robinson, uh, Jake Paul fight. Jake Paul is a YouTuber who <laughs> who says he's a, who bought his way into being a professional, quote unquote. But if you look up his stats, he only has two fights: one versus KSI professionally, and one versus a basketball player professionally. So he hasn't really <laughs> fought anybody. And if I was an amateur boxer, I'd be pissed right now because the amateur boxers work their way in to, to fighting into like the professional ranks. And this guy basically bought his way in. Even the announcer kind of clowned him a little after the fight interview. He was like, are you going to, you know, take your time and realize that this is a, you know, a, a rough sport. And then he started comparing himself to Deontay Wilder. And I was just like, dude, you're a fucking YouTuber. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, just stop talking, bro. Just stop. So he knocked out a basketball player. It ended in a knockout. But I was like, Jesus Christ, man. But yeah, the the other fight before that, I, I only watched three fights. I think there were only three fights. I think there were supposed to be four. I don't remember. But the first fight before that was was also another like fun fight to watch, like just watching boxing again. Uh, if you're any type of boxing fan, that it was definitely worth the 50 bucks just to watch Tyson and that first fight. That Jake Paul basketball player bullshit. Everyone's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nate Robinson challenged Jake Paul. I don't give a fuck who did what. Like, you have a basketball player trained in boxing who only trained for six months going against an actual amateur boxer. Sorry quote-unquote professional boxer who's been training for at least the last three or four years. Like, you're outmatched, hands down. <laughs> anyway, since these updates are only about me right now, let's go over some other stuff that I've done. <laughs> I cleaned hey, up. for the host. I know, right? Yeah, I cleaned, out, I cleaned out my basement, kind of. I organized my miniatures and found out that I have uh, eight full-blown... Warhammer 40k armies and one full-blown Age of Sigmar army. So, yeah, I have a problem, and uh, <laughs> I may or may not need some help. <laughs> so I don't think uh, us are really really to judge at this point between no. everything that Orlando owns for Yu-Gi-Oh and every fucking thing I own for uh, EDH. No, none of us have any 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 leg to stand on. So, no, I'm only laughing because of that post he he made a few days back that involved his collection and how he <laughs> was planning on quote unquote selling what was keeping him from making that collection, <laughs> and it turned out yeah, to be I yeah, I stole a I stole a post from uh, Justin of Secret Weapon Miniatures. Um, that if you was know, if, fucking if, brilliant, man! Yeah. I was dying when I first read that. I got I got a lot of people that were that don't even do miniatures that were like that was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah, I, that's pretty much all I've done. I've been just working my ass off. You know, the holidays, the turkey came out fine for anybody who's wondering, because I think that's the last time we recorded was before Thanksgiving. The turkey came oh. out fine. My house is still standing. 
Um, we're still no, alive. Yeah, I'm still alive. Nobody got sick. We're good. <laughs> the leftovers were just as good. <laughs> and um, yeah, that's basically it. Like, I just kind of sorted my stuff, kind of got it ready. I'm going to focus on Death Guard, um, which is going to be one of the topics tonight. Um, but yeah, I'm going to focus on just my Death Guard army. I think for the little bit, try to finish up a commission that I took on. Uh, that's, I don't, I don't know if I should have taken that. And, and if the guy's listening, like I get it. Like I've taken forever with his stuff, but he told me he's, he's literally putting it on a shelf. So I'm going to just try to finish this guy's stuff, get it back to him and move on to the stuff that I want to do. I'm not saying like I'm sick of his stuff. It's just that I feel bad for how long I've had it and how long it's been sitting there and how quick I could have finished it. It's more disappointment in myself. So I'm just kind of, I want to get it out of the way. And yeah, I think that's it for me. Who wants next? I guess I'll take it. <clears throat> Cause uh, I'm looking at, I'm looking at the website right now. So I figure while well, I got it queued up, I might as well say something about the bullshit. So uh, <laughs> yeah. Fucking uh, uh, fucking Wizards of the Coast and their goddamn fucking nutshot of fucking secret layers they're dropping this month. It is fucking ridiculous. Holy shit. Oh. <laughs> you sure you don't want to save it for the topic? I think that's what we're talking about at some point. Oh, I thought we were on topics. I didn't. I ain't no, I was, just doing, I was just doing updates from the last like two weeks. We, we haven't done any topics yet. <laughs> it just so happened. I just, it just so happened. I discussed the fights in the meantime because Lando was asking me questions. Otherwise, the fights wouldn't have even been a topic. <laughs> Dude, I clocked out the moment you start talking about boxing. So I, I figured like, it literally, literally, <laughs> I just checked back in. I'm like, holy fuck. I'm in the middle of a podcast. <laughs> Nice. So anyway, as far as like updates are concerned, I <clears throat> fucking other than filling out my legend, the le- my legends for uh, commander for commander legends, uh, I had the standard uh, Thanksgiving everyone had, which is I bought a bunch of sides, two turkey breasts and made my own fucking gravy and had a Zoom meeting Thanksgiving with family. While I ate in the basement and stuffed myself stupid, I still have leftovers that I haven't even cracked into yet because the in-laws gave us a bunch of sides that they that they got extra with theirs because they bought from the from the honey baked ham because honey baked makes uh, turkey as well. So they bought one of the pre-made meals for that and it came with extra food. So I have two unopened boxes of uh, fucking three unopened boxes. I have a green bean casserole cornbread stuffing and fucking mashed potatoes that I haven't even touched yet that I have have to find a use for at some point. Um, I just finished. I, <laughs> Those are all yeah, my favorite true. sides. <laughs> oh, my good sir, if you happen to make it at any time, I am more than glad to small feed to pick up a small <laughs> portion to get it off your back. I could only do so in my humble service to aid you in your diet need. <laughs> throw it screaming at you um but yeah other than that thanksgiving was okay i mean just the week's kind of been fucking blurring together for the past you know nine ten months at this point so like it, literally the milestones for me are either going to work or doing this podcast 
So if that's all I've got to look forward to up until the new year and whenever the fuck the goddamn the, the trials for the goddamn vaccine start coming down, I don't know. Fuck, I got nothing, dude. Yeah, we've been doing pretty good podcast wise. Uh, we've we had the most downloads we've had in a day um, at fourteen, and I mean, I mean, we're picking up traction somewhere. So I don't know. Keep on keeping on. <laughs> All right, Lando, you, your turn. <laughs> well, my Thanksgiving was pretty much non-existent, but. Uh, if anything makes me feel a little better is that I ended up paying my first payment towards my car, which is awesome. And uh, I, I, I bought the gold max, I bought the max gold series pack of Yu-Gi-Oh cards that they were offering at that comic book shop for like 20 bucks. Uh, didn't pull anything like great, but uh, it was nice for what it was. Yeah, four packs. It was about five bucks a pack, right? But it was all like reprint stuff, right? Reprints, it essentially, uh, it, it's supposed to be in rare. Most of them are rares with the uh, gold lettering instead of the silver. And each pack was guaranteed one gold rare card. And I nice. did get, I did get some interesting ones. So, eh, not the not the worst of pulls. I got this uh, Eldritch zombie card. I can't remember the name of it, but uh, it used to be pretty broken. So uh, <laughs> I got that. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I think the regular price on that is uh, 30 bucks. So the, that yeah. shop by us at 20 is fantastic. Yeah, I'm not complaining. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, so where do you guys want to start? You guys want to start people sleeping outside of GameStop? Or you want to jump right into that secret lair crap? <laughs> no, let's, let's go, I think let's we should let's start uh, chronological and go with the the GameStop thing because that's just fucking stupid. What are yeah. you talking about? I mean, it's okay. It's just something people do for Black Friday. Like, they right. do this every year since Black Friday was a thing. Yeah, but they were they brought actually brought their beds. Like they brought beds and slept outside. The whole before that was tense. Yeah, that's true. There's, I don't know why people are flipping out about it. It's because of the because scalpers, man. A fucking, it's the middle of a fucking quarantine situation. I wouldn't give a fuck if people were doing this in a normal standpoint because everybody does dumb shit on Black Friday. It's dumb shit on Black Friday in the middle of a fucking pandemic that changes the fucking par- the paradigm just a fucking bit. Yeah. I just, yeah, it's just th- this shit going on with the PS5s and the Xboxes. I, I get it's it. It's ridiculous. I get it. If I get it, if the companies themselves would actually cancel Black Friday overall, or at the very least, do it online only. Well, that's so the that problem. All the, all the bots have been scalping everything. Like you can't do it online anymore because people are literally. Setting up bots and buying massive quantities of shit. Hey, fine, but that means, but it still doesn't mean they should be, you know, uh, contributing to Black Friday by having the stores open like normal. True. That's why they. That's why they. They were even um, that they were sleeping out on uh, uh, at GameStops 
because they were still doing it. Dude, you got to understand something. Just because the lockdown happens, it doesn't change the necessities of these fucking companies. They still need to make money to stay open. And Black Friday and the entirety of Christmas overall is where they make their fucking blood of their money, especially the department stores. They're not going to fucking stop that. And in fact, it would be near suicide if they did so. You still have to adapt. That's how Toys R Us shut down because they failed to adapt. They didn't have a quarantine to deal with. They just had Amazon fucking yeah. them in the ass. Yeah, this is kind of like of a backwards time for us. Like it's so weird because like I didn't buy anything. Like Black Friday wise, like I bought. What did I buy? I bought some Paw Patrol shit for my kid because the toys were buy one get one, but I didn't go into the store to do it. So. Uh, other than that, and then like the Black Friday deal for the PlayStation Store, which was you know the PS Plus, which was a digital deal, I I didn't do shit for Black Friday. <laughs> I'm still treating it like there's a pandemic going on. <laughs> well, Fair well I don't buy anything on Black. I don't go out of my way to buy anything on Black Friday, regardless. I do yeah. most of my grocery shopping on the weekend, so if I'm shopping on Black Friday, it's because I'm going to a fucking grocery store. So as far as like the 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 super doorbuster deals and shit that they may have had. A lot of stores were already putting out their Black Friday sales weeks beforehand because they knew that people weren't going to go in on Black Friday proper to do any kind of real shopping. Not that it was going to stop them. They were just planning ahead and adapting as Orlando was instructing them to do. But in most cases, that doesn't stop people from doing that kind of shit. People are going to people regardless of what the circumstances are, especially when you have stuff on the horizon like vaccines. And most people have adapted to the social distance slash mask wearing situation overall. We've had nine, ten goddamn months to do that. That's just it's just the nature of things. We're in the middle of fucking December. We're almost stumbling into 2021. Can't wait to do the end of the year episode like we like we usually do, because that's going to be fucking a treasure. (laughs) Hey, when this pandemic's all over, can we can we stay with the staying the fuck away from me? <laughs> I mean, whatever works. That's fine. I mean, <laughs> if you want to if you want to do like the actual meeting elsewhere or you just want to stay away in general. No, no, fine. no. No, I'm talking about regular people. Like the general population just stay the fuck away from me. <laughs> oh, fair enough, dude. Fair enough. Yeah. I don't know. It's uh, the whole the the scalper thing is still bothers me, but the systems you're hearing less and less about stuff breaking. Um, so some of these must be working or some of them are in boxes still. I, I, I think it still stands. Just wait till summer for the next gen shit. There's no reason. It, it, the second models. Yeah. Yeah. The second wave or whatever it is, like let them fix their problems. There's no reason to be spending. There, I saw I saw some being sold for as much as fifteen hundred dollars, seventeen hundred dollars in some places. And oh, one, wait, wait, wait! I I don't mean to bring this up. I just remembered. Uh, wasn't there like a Twitch streamer that complained about uh, all sorts of shit to try and get a free PS Five? Okay, so <laughs> this is gonna get political. We're gonna get political twice right now. So. Um, I, was a, no, I, I didn't know the whole story. I'm it sorry. Was I'm a, it was a black content creator. Sorry, African-American content creator. Don't want to offend anybody. 
um, and she was complaining that um, people of color aren't supported in that market. And she made a huge deal about it. And Sony sent her a PS, either Sony or Microsoft, someone sent her a system. Um, turns out she already had a system. So she was already streaming on a system that she had, and then she was going to use it as like a giveaway or whatever. But um, she didn't, she was just trying, she was trying to make, make it seem like people of color don't get the same support, which in my opinion is, I don't know. It could be, couldn't be. I didn't really look into the story. She turned out to, she's turned out to be really shady about how she did things. So that's a fucking understatement. Yeah, the the way she handled things made her look like the villain, and it's not just it's not because she's a person of, it's because of the how she did. It's because all her company. Yeah, she literally she literally scammed people into thinking something that that wasn't happening. So, yeah, that's what happened in that. I'm sorry. That is wow. That is so fucked up. Yeah, you can look more into it. I think Quartering did a, a video on it. Uh, a, a bunch of pe- a bunch of creators did videos on her. She was like a hot topic for like a couple of days. <laughs> uh, tragic. Okay, let's move on. Let's move on. Wait, wait. I want to get this out of the way because I'm not sure that these people are even going to listen to this podcast. But if they do, I want them to get it early so that they don't have they can stop listening to it <laughs> if they want to. <laughs> so. Um, I was listening to uh, FGC Hollywood. Uh, FGC stands for Fighting Game Community, and it's a podcast run by uh, Max Splicer, and he usually has a guest on called Pringles the One. Now, the last two podcasts have been such Nintendo hate, like it drips out of their pores, the Nintendo hate and the Pokemon hate. And I want to say... You're wrong. <laughs> Just because Nintendo shit on your fighting games does not mean they're a terrible company. <laughs> period. Well, there are other reasons why Nintendo is a terrible company, but right. But well. <laughs> I, I want to say I want to say it for Pringle for sure, and I'm I'm gonna say it in a way he might say it. Listen, man. This this game, man, is like man. You, you have to Pokemon is better than Digimon, man. Hands down, man. <laughs> hands down, man. You you want to fight about it, man? Like it's it's just hands down. All you got is Angel Woman. That's it. You got Angel Woman. You don't have anything else. Digimon, Angel Woman, done. Pokemon, seven hundred some different Pokemon. We're done. That's it. That's it. That's all I gotta say. Pokemon better than Digimon. Done. <laughs> I ain't gonna touch that with a fifty foot pole. I, I, I have I have different opinions, but uh, hey, listen, man, they, they should okay. They should have my poking tournament um, as an arena fighter. They should have my poking tournament. They should on Pokemon. They should on uh, they should on Nintendo. I love my Switch. I, I will die. Well, for I, I just know that Nintendo can be a shit company, just not necessarily. For those particular reasons. I, I will die for Nintendo. No. <laughs> no, we've talked about it before. Nintendo Nintendo does some stupid stuff, and we've talked about how they need to get to 
smaller content creators or not smaller content creators, smaller video game creators of stuff that, you know, that they, you know, the ROMs and stuff like that, they need to get them involved and they need to progress their stuff. But at the same time with the whole, the whole smash brothers thing, um, shutting down that tournament. I I can't see, I can't say they did anything wrong. I really can't. And uh, it's political, but uh, they shouldn't be profiting off of fucking slavery. I'm looking at you, China. (laughs) So does, so does Disney though. Let's, let's go with Disney there. I know like 80 fucking world multi-billion dollar companies in the world that fucking harbor off of slave labor. We know. Yeah. But so all I'm saying is that, yeah, Nintendo does have their, their, their problems, but you can't completely say Nintendo sucks because the fighting game community of like we'll say a hundred thousand people is getting shit on by Nintendo. Nintendo is more about everybody, and they have something for everybody, no matter what genre you're in. It's you, you can't shit on the company because your fighting games, your fighting games are are taking a hit because of Smash. Like I agree with you. I agree yeah. with you. Nintendo isn't no Nintendo relatively speaking uh has cl- has been cleaner than most companies at least most video game developers out there. We still have the accursedness that is Activision Blizzard and Ubisoft and uh what's that other one? Uh, Damn, I, know. <laughs> I know there are I know there are bigger ones. Uh Anyway, but there are plenty of shittier developers out there, and Nintendo, relatively speaking, doesn't isn't nearly as bad. And I am a diehard Nintendo fan. I just I know know to criticize the company when it deserves that criticism, not when it's being uh, mostly mostly uh, justified. Rather than innocent, because a lot of the shit they yeah. do not necessarily them being innocent. The the whole the whole boycott Nintendo because Smash got shit on is ridiculous in my opinion. It's <laughs> not even that melee's being shit on for fuck's sake. No matter that's, what, but no matter but what that's these guys are talking about, it's still a twenty year old game that they don't work on anymore. Yeah, whatever. Most of these players, they they put they go out of their way. But even before the pandemic, they go out of their way to make tournaments to bring melee into the fucking mix. Here, they go out of the way for that sort of shit. Nintendo is rarely ever involved with that. Right, but they—that's what they say they want Nintendo to have more involved. Stop shutting down tournaments because of their IP. But you're literally stealing from them and using their ip it's i don't know it's just it i think we've talked enough about the whole smash thing because i I don't agree with the whole thing at all so um and i don't think nintendo should be shit on because a small group of people who play a certain game i mean i don't know they i mean the, the fgc hollywood podcast talked about it too smash does not have crossover play like some of the other fighting games do, like Street Fighter, you'll find some people playing Dragon Ball Z, you'll find them playing Tekken Tag, you'll find them playing Tekken, you'll find them playing all those titles where Smash players are only playing Smash. 
Yeah, but here's the problem that unlike those unlike those games, Smash is Nintendo exclusive. They're, it other than no, legally, they don't play in anything else other than Nintendo consoles. Right. What the fuck are they even thinking? Play Street Fighter Four at the very least. You can play it on PC or on no or on the PlayStation Three or PlayStation Four. You could still play. Right. You have multiple options, but Smash, you're only playing it in Nintendo consoles. Nowhere else. Yep. Because yep. it is a first-party title. They're out of their minds if, you, if they think that Nintendo is ever going to allow uh, their first-party titles to be played anywhere else other than Nintendo consoles. Out of your goddamn mind. Yeah, and and the fact that they even say Smash is a party game, not a fighting game. I mean, as much as they like to nod ultimate to the fighting community, like make nods to them, it's a party game. It is because at the end of the day, there are things that uh, Smash does as a as a fighter that would not happen with other fighters. Help. The only one that ever got close to it was Mortal Kombat, and that was because uh, of that, uh, what is they called? Uh, a random combat or something like that? Roulette? Something like that? Where it started in Mortal Kombat 9, where you would just play some random shit would happen through a roulette. I don't know. <laughs> I don't remember. There was a mode in Mortal in Mortal Kombat Nine where it happened like that, and they realized just how bullshit it was because it completely disbalanced the game, and people didn't like that. But it's not quite the same when you do it in Smash. You can play Smash perfectly fine with items on and having random shit effects happening in the game because in the end of the fucking day, oh. all done for fun. No, no, no. You just create. You just created a sin right there. We don't mention items. <laughs> we don't mention <laughs> items. <laughs> we, don't, we don't know the existence of these. You can't. You can't. You can't talk about playing with items. That's a. That's a. That's a no no. That's a no no. And I just learned no-no about that this fighting. week. <laughs> it's a no no in fighting games, which the smash pretends to emulate, or at least the fighting game community pretends and ignores. But in reality. They're there. Yeah. I have to call them forever. It's right there in your face. <laughs> so so my, my hot take on this whole thing is the the uh, the videos you sent me from Hungrybox, from his channel, um, were bringing up a bunch of different things that was, in my opinion, I looked at it and said, well, no shit. Because, yeah. because <laughs> it was, no, really, like the, everyone was all terrified and traumatized by them. And I looked at it and went, I don't have any problem. I don't have any problem admitting that that would be something a company would do. They they went and you know them pressing towards you know pushing out older content, brawl, uh, Project M, Melee, and all that other shit in favor of newer IPs. I'm like, no shit. It's a fucking company that's trying to make sure that people are buying their newest IP. They're not caring about their legacy IPs unless they're releasing them in some other format. And everyone's just like, well, that's a conspiracy. I'm like, it's not a conspiracy, dude. The company told told Twitch, stop promoting this kind of stuff. Twitch said, okay. And the people who found out after the fact, yeah, they got fucked over. But at the same time, 
why would you ever assume that a company is going to give a shit about a, a, about your, about an IP that they don't support anymore? At the end right. of the day, games like Melee and Brawl are games that are out of print. You are you buy the physical copies. You are not supporting Nintendo through that shit anymore. You are only you're only supporting the retailers that sell them. Yeah, but that IP is still protected by the company. Oh no, I mean is of course. What I mean is, it doesn't profit Nintendo anymore to have them buy those games. So oh, why, yeah, yeah. So why would they want those promoted when they can promote the product that they're still make that they're still manufacturing? Right. Exactly. Exactly. But uh, okay, have you guys played Pokemon Tournament? Because I absolutely, I own the Wii U version though, not the Switch version. I That's used to it's kind of the same thing, isn't it? It's the same exact well, game. The Switch version is the definitive version because it has all the all the extra characters that the arcade version had, except for Empoleon and um, Age of Slash. Oh, yeah. You had to purchase well, those as DLC. Oh yeah, but at the very least, you can do that. You can't do that in the Wii U version at all. Yeah, that's true. They don't offer it to you at all. But that, I think as an arena fighter, that's a fucking fantastic game. And I don't know why they shit on that game. I, I really don't. I think it's a very oh, well done game. Is, it was developed by fucking... Uh, damn it. Uh, it was developed by Namco Bandai, for fuck's sakes. They, the, the makers behind Tekken. Well, right. That's why it was called <laughs> Pokemon... Pokemon... What is it? Pokken. Uh, Pokken. That's why it was called Pokken. Because yeah, of the whole Tekken thing. Mix. Yes, it was a mix of Pokemon and Tekken. That's how beautiful that shit was. I love that shit. I know. I don't know why they shit on it. I, I really don't get it. <laughs> but this dude hates Pokemon. He thinks Digimon's better. So, you know, uh, you're wrong. You're just flat I'm out pro- wrong. <laughs> I'm sorry that Digimon was too niche for you. Or at least too niche for the world. It's only popular right now in Japan. You want to know who else is salty about that? Hold on, hold on. Name me, t- tell me one good Digimon game. One good Digimon game. I couldn't tell you one, but I can tell you every Pokemon game. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I can tell you at least the one on PS4 right now is relatively a good game, but uh, I sure as hell haven't played it. <laughs> oh, Digimon Cyber Sleuths? I heard Cyber Sleuths was actually really good. Yeah, okay, Cyber Sleuth, I'll give you. But it's not Pokemon. Yeah, it's fucking right. I'm only it's not Pokemon. I'm only saying and that you, Digimon you can, is good. It's just, it's niche. It only appeals to a niche audience. You want to know who has been fucking salty for decades despite being a, uh, nearly as huge as Pokemon? Hamtaro. What? You say Hamtaro? Yes, it was absolutely huge in Japan, and they thought they were going to have similar success outside it, and it failed. I thought I honestly thought you were going to go Yokai Watch. No, not even Yokai. Yokai Watch doesn't even come close. Like it had, pro, it had potential and promise, but Hamtaro just crushes uh, Yokai Watch by comparison. Okay, well then I'm gonna make the comparison of Yokai Watch is just like Digimon. Done. <laughs> End of conversation. <laughs> uh, 
But we'll, <laughs> give it another, we'll give it another decade and see if anybody even remembers Yokai Watch. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> This is this is just more for Pringle and FGC Hollywood podcast. Like y'all motherfuckers better listen because I'm gonna tag you in everything I post from now on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. Well, let's go on to to Secret Lair. That the little section was for them. This is all you, Drew. S- little section, motherfucker. There's like four fucking <laughs> secret layers out there. Little my left testicle. Well, all right. Talk about talk about the um um. The green drop, uh, and then the secret layers that are coming, and we'll go from there. All right. So I guess. All right. So starting starting at the top of things, we'll do so we'll do the the commander collection green, which isn't a secret layer. It is a uh, it is a uh, um, LGS uh, exclusive item. Uh, there are two versions of it. Unfortunately, unless you were a huge WPN store, they likely didn't send you any of the foil version. Uh, so most places got a, a got a like a, a case or two of the the regular one. Um, there's no MSRP on it, but from what I'm hearing, the uh, range on the price for it is between 89 and 100 uh, at LGSs. I'm hearing online they're up, upward, they're getting up into the 150 category. Um, I was watching uh, the Tolarian Professor. He was saying that uh, the foil ones are in the 250 range. This is eight fucking cards. It's eight yeah. cards. Uh, it's eight pieces of cardboard that have significance that may or may not have significance to somebody. And the overall price of them across the board is, if you factored it in per per, per the professor. Um, if it's going by the hundred dollar price point, it's twenty dollars less than the whole of all of the cards if you bought them as singles prior to uh the set coming out. And as far as the foil one's concerned, the price on that one is well off because there's a couple of them that never had any foil printings that got foil printings because of this. Um yeah. yeah. Um each store was pricing them differently. A lot of people were speculating that most of the stores were paying at cost the same amount they were paying for the signature spell books, which is the basically the same format. It's eight collectible cards plus nine, a ninth random foil for the spe- spell books. Uh, for the commander collection, it's only the eight cards, and then they have a premium foil version that you pay whatever the hell the, the stores are charging for. And yeah, we, we figured the price on that the eighty to one hundred. We figured that was going to be the price, and that I mean, we were pretty accurate. The one fifty mark, I think, is you're out of your fucking mind. It's mostly in Canada where their dollar value, their dollar to uh, the American dollar is way lower. Uh, most mm-hmm. LGSs were selling it for one hundred and fifty, and the people I, the, my connections up up north, pretty much were saying they weren't going to buy it unless someone was getting it for them as a gift. Cause it's just that it's too fucking expensive for six pieces of cardboard that aren't foil. Right. Yeah. Now I, now I get it because there's at least three cards in there that are above the $10 to $20 mark. Like the Omnath locust of mana is sitting in between 15 to 20 bucks. Um, the fucking uh, Sylvan library is anywhere between 30 and fucking $70, depending on which printing you bought. And the fucking Worldly Tutor, 
which had only had two other printings, one in Mirage, one in the Mirage block and one in a corset, or I guess at that point, the, uh, fi- uh, the an edition. I believe it was sixth edition that it came out or fifth edition. Was yeah, Mirage the old man version? Uh, yeah, it was the dude. Yeah. It was the dude holding on. He was holding on to a, like a snake or a or a flying snake or something in his hand. The dude with the long yeah. white beard, right? Yeah. Yeah, that was now, the version I remember. Now, now the now the professor was comparing this to the it w- was comparing this to the signature spell books because it did include a planeswalker. It came with Freyles. Um It also came with a diff- a variant art soul ring, a variant art uh, command tower. Uh, a bane of progress, and I'm trying to think what the other one was. Fuck, I think that was all of them. But all in all, like the cards are mid grade to higher desirability cards. Now, and now I can't say that I paid eighty bucks for mine. I paid fifty, but that was because my LGS was doing a pre-order deal for us, and they were giving that, and they were selling that to us specifically for fifty. That is mm. a rare fucking bird because most people uh, that I talked to who had purchased it were paying around the eighty dollar mark or seventy dollar mark, depending on what the LGS felt like charging. Again, right, but you I know, but you know what you didn't do? You didn't buy six copies of that shit and then try to scalp them. That's what you didn't do. <laughs> I well, want to, I, apl- I want to applaud you for keeping your stuff. <laughs> I'm, I'm a collector foremost and that for me flipping them didn't fucking mean anything to me i, I know i just want to make for them. i just want to make the point that not everybody trying to get something out there is scalping it and those people need to be rewarded and that's exactly what happened so Yay. there you go but, here's a cookie for you but yeah, you. yeah. But yeah but yeah, so a lot of people, and the funny part is, is a lot of people I talked to had completely forgotten that the collection was coming out because this will feed into the next thing. Wizards is, put, is literally fucking Peter North style money shotting fucking secret layers and new shit throughout the entirety of December because they don't have a core set coming out until fucking January with Kaldheim. So literally, this is the final quarter, and they're just trying to get as much out there as possible. Yeah, let's talk about the dumbest fucking one first. And this is the one that pisses me off the most, is the fucking Bob Ross fucking lands. What the fuck is that? (laughs) Okay. So, so, so backtrack a little bit here. The, uh, apparently it's been a full year since this whole secret layer bullshit started. So it's the secret versary 2020. First of all, you okay. shouldn't be patting yourself on the back for any of this because this whole fucking thing was a travesty of shame that shouldn't have happened at all. This is a money grab. The whole prospect of fucking money grab. Everything that they've put out so far has either been shit that they haven't done any any real significant uh, impact on the uh, on the secondary market of, or they torpedoed the fucking price of, depending on what they put out. So I don't feel like we owe them any kind of pats on the back here. But no. highlighting, you got to highlight what's coming out because it is all really fun fun shit and. Yes, the Bob Ross one is fucking stupid. Not to say that I don't mind having Bob Ross's art on the cards. That's so fucking cool. Because out of all of that, he was a landscape artist, and you have lands with his art on it. That's fucking amazing. But this is so fucking stupid. If if anybody wanted something like a Bob Ross thing, I'd fucking paint a land for you. I would do it. I'd paint a land for you. Because it's fucking stupid to pay that much for a land. 
Okay, so so the, the, there's different bundles too, and I'm staring at them. It's kind of angering me even more. So we have the <laughs> no foils, no nonsense bundle, and the foils forever bundle. The foils forever bundle is almost is 140. The no no nonsense one is 100. What for land? Oh, Hold on. No, this God. is no no. This is for question. This, this is, is probably me uh, paying uh, playing devil's advocate here, but. Uh, it, there's like some sort of deal going on between Wizards of the Coast and uh, the Bob Ross company. I think they have, I think it has something to do with, I think it was a charity thing. That's my guess. I'm, I don't look into this kind of shit when it comes to the, the where and why, because they had an international women's day box that they put out that had uh, special art done by uh, female artists for, on, oh, and they were female characters. Wow. So it's feasible. That, oh yeah. Okay. That, that actually sounds, uh, up actually because i mean they have to have a deal they have to have a deal to use bob ross's pictures they have to have some sort of connection there and it, it, be it good cause or not fucking lands are 10 cents a piece like you could find them like you could just literally walk down the street and sometimes find a land like just just how it blows my fucking mind that you would want these well even as a collector standpoint why dude they had a fucking god. They had a set of five basic lands for Godzilla, Godzilla basic lands, and they were selling that for the same fucking price, which uh, at retail is twenty nine ninety nine for the non foil version of the Bob Ross set. What? And thirty nine ninety nine for the basic lands. You just said cost like ten cents at most. Yep. Yep. And they're yep. charging thirty dollars. Yes, sir. Foil lands. No, no, non foil. Non foil. That's what I said for non foil lands. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, just because they got Bob Ross's pictures on them. Yep. I'm sorry. Are they trying to beat the devil out of your wallets? (laughs) Yes. What the fuck? But again, yeah. so, so I'll go in because I know they have the explanations here. So I'll click on the uh, the box here. Happy. This is a real special treat we have here today. This drop includes 10 different basic lands. That's two plains, two mo- islands, two swamps, two mountains, and two forests. Each one with a unique piece of art by Bob Ross. That's 10 different pieces of the patient and soft-spoken legend himself. Whether you use them to add joy to your deck or put them on display, we know these happy little cards will be right at home in your collection. <laughs> yeah. No, no. I can go. I can go and find altars cheaper with Bob Ross's art on it, paying nothing anywhere near the amount and not having to hand the money over to fucking wizards. It doesn't look like they got. They probably got licensing from the Bob Ross Foundation, but as far as I'm concerned, it's not. There's no. It's not going to charity. There's nothing involved in, you know, furthering the arts. This just looks like a fucking cash grab, and I think it's stupid. Yeah, Bob Ross got since he hit YouTube. I want to say last year. Oh, Bob Ross. Bob Ross has been on YouTube for years. Mm-mm. Yeah, he no. Bob Ross actually had. He had his own channel, so they're yeah, but he had that for years, dude. I know because I used to watch his videos all the time on his official channel way back in the day. Well, they missed them. They made a big market. 
they made a big marketing push within like the last couple of years, I guess then. But all of a sudden, probably because uh, a few years back, uh, for whatever random reason, uh, whoever was running that channel was uh, deciding to like, for whatever reason, just stream his episodes on like Twitch and shit. Just for no particular reason. And it became tradition. And they kept doing it every year. It's like around yeah. his birthday that they do it. I'm not sure. But uh, it's a fairly regular thing. Yeah, but the, the wave has come and gone is what is my point. Is like he had like a huge push. Bob Ross was all of a sudden big again. And then it tapered off and now we're at the tail end. No one's talking about it anymore. No one's buying anything. Bob Ross, like pop vinyl figure, Bob Ross came out months ago. Like there's other than like the hardcore, like Bob Ross fans, nobody is really talking about it anymore. So for magic to be putting out something now, it literally, there's no reason for it. There's no reason, none at all. Well, dude, Dude, it's the same thing with the Secret Lair Walking Dead bullshit they did. Who the fuck has been talking about Walking Dead at all? Like the Nobody. fucking series as a whole. Nobody. So then, you know, what was the point of just striking when the iron is fucking ice cold? It's the same scenario. This is a money grab. The whole thing's the whole process, the whole secret layer thing is about rock solid profit. And you know what? I'll just go through the rest of them. I'm not even gonna explain the rest of them. Art <laughs> artist series Seb McKinnon. His art's really cool. I think the art that they have there and the cards they have are interesting. Is it worth fucking $40? No, it's not. They're only doing this because of the fucking secondary market value. Most of those cards are barely $10. The most expensive one is a $50 card because it's a blackboard wipe. The other two are, the other two are, uh, the other one's a fucking swamp. And the other two are fucking five and six, five and six dollar cards right now. It's a waste of goddamn time. Moving on. The next one, fucking party hard, shred harder is a fucking metal style poster set of uh, cards that they have out, but made by different artists. They look really cool. I don't give a fuck. Again, oh, wait, wait, wait. What was, the, what was the band name? There was a band attached to this. Lacuna band, Coil. Lacuna Coil. I actually, oh, that, I, that I think is, that I think is cool only because Lacuna Coil is attached to it. All the rest of them I don't care about. <laughs> That's fine. Everybody has their flavor. I get it. But you could probably find these cheaper online. I'm just telling you that. Probably. I find right. it when the secret when when the secret layer Walking Dead thing came out. I managed to find someone who was doing altars, who was able to make the uh, the Reddit versions of those cards that had nothing to do with fucking Walking Dead. I paid pennies on the dollar for them versus the fucking fifty to sixty dollars people were paying for it. Again, I don't like taking away shit from people when it comes to that kind of stuff. But how the, do you think any of these people are making any money? From the from these secret layer drops, I, I hope they are. I really do. But and I, and I guess the price is okay if you want to grab them, dude. At Party hard, shred harder is twenty nine ninety nine ship. Go wait, wait, are it. they but are they not, cardboard though, or are they actual metal? Because that's what no, I would they're want. Cardboard. They're yeah, cardboard. See, they're not gonna put, they're gonna make they're not gonna make metal versions of that. Are you high? I would fucking love those, dude. Those card like the cards that they picked were cool cards. The art on the cards looks cool. But I would want them as like metal cards, not like like unplayable cards, because I would never play with them. Oh, I understand. You display them, and Fair that's enough. that's half the point. Yeah, but dude, 
the drops themselves aren't going to be released until just about the time the fucking vaccine comes out. March 15th, 2021 for this shit. That's ugh, that's why these secret layers are so it's, fucking stupid. It's not 2021, good sir. It's 2020 part two. Whatever. <laughs> we're skipping a year. Oh, we're not <laughs> skipping a year. 2020, it just takes up the bigger spot. <laughs> And then, and then you and then you have another one called "We Hope You Like Squirrels," and for me, this one is probably well, the most. This one's the most insulting one because there's. I think that sound like people. an episode of Happy Tree Friends. It's it is it's exactly what you think it is. I wish it was that art though, but it's not. It's art by some. It's art by at least some really cool uh, artists. But and because Ron Spencer is an old MTG artist alum and has been has been doing things since Alpha, but it doesn't matter they put one card in there that was a fucking uh a card a card from time spiral that was tipping up into the 40 dollar range which is swar- which is uh uh swarm yard but everything else is not even worth the fucking co- ink it's pr- the card it's printed on there's what there was a card called deranged hermit out of the urza block that's hit that's getting really expensive that they should have put in there in place of a couple of these different cards but nope this is where we're at with it i i, I get it I get what they're attempting to do. It's all money. It's all money make. I, I understand that. But for a pre-order item that at any given point they can fuck you out of because they can just say, oh, COVID stopped us from having from having from being able to print this stuff again. Guess we're kicking the can down the road another two months from when it was supposed to come out. I knew people who bought the fucking Theros fucking stargazing set, even when it wasn't a fucking pandemic was pay- and paid for it and didn't receive it. They were supposed to come in in April. They didn't get it till almost fucking October. Ah, damn. Jesus. This is not a well, well-conceived idea, and they've been doing it for a fucking year. And don't even get me started on the box of rocks secret layer drop. It sounds like they're just going to send me a, a box of fucking uh, lava rocks <laughs> they stole off of somebody's fucking lawn. That's what it sounds like to me. And the cards they chose were fucking stupid. I'm sorry. <laughs> No, really. The Commander Sphere alternate art, that's, what, that's their selling point. It's like, oh, well, it has alternate art. I don't give a fuck about the alternate art. The fucking Commander Sphere is a 70-cent card. Fucking Arcane Signet is a $3 card right now because it's very popular. But the Commander Legends printed it to fucking death, so I have like eight of them right now. Chromatic Lantern is a 7 to $10 card, depending on which version you buy. Darksteel Ingot's a 2 to $3 card at most. Gilded Lotus is five because they printed it in fucking Dominaria. No, this is stupid. This is a dumb fucking cash grab. They're trying to target commander players, just like the fucking commander collection green. The whole thing is now at Magic the Commandering. That's what it is. It's not about standard <laughs> anymore. It's not about the fucking other eternal formats. They're nut shotting on the commander players, and this is what we get to look forward to for the next fucking year and a half. Until until the bubble pops and everybody who played Commander has to sit on a bunch of decks that they can't play because no one plays EDH anymore. It's fucking <laughs> stupid. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. I, I felt a bit I felt a bit ranty about it because it's just fucking dumb. I'm so well, tired of these fucking angry war game, up, Drew. Why would you be here if you aren't gonna fucking <laughs> rant? No, but it's it, he he everything he said is true. Like they're they're overcharging for shit and it's not even good shit like no at least at least take some glitter on it and like throw some glitter or something and make me feel a little bit better but i'm not fucking touching any of that shit none of it except for yeah i'm not even touching the the party hard shred harder now i'm gonna find someone that's gonna print it on a piece of metal for me and i'm gonna buy their shit instead 
Well, there you go. See, you're already figuring, figuring a solution. The, the the market is so fucking saturated with ways to work around their bullshit. You end up they're, they're going to end up shooting themselves in the foot. Oh well, it's official wizard shit. Who cares? Are you playing in an official wizards fucking format where you need to have official wizard shit right now? There are no organized play going on paper. No one gives a fuck. Why are you even wasting your money? Yeah, <laughs> I'm making a, I'm making uh... a goddamn popper cube. That's how little I give a fuck about money. I'm not going Proper to go out of my cube. way to get... Yep, I'm making my own cube now. I'm making it all with comments. I will draft the shit out of that. I love drafting. For for oh, that's yeah. like that's like one of my like favorite formats is the is the cube. Not even like drafting of any kind. Dude, when um, this shit goes down, I like, just love it. Like all like <laughs> gather for like uh like a random sort of magic game one of these days. Hell yeah, yeah, I dude. love I love drafting. Back back when I was getting back into like the Theros block, I think I might did I start Theros? No, I started the Innistrad block. when I was getting back into it, I would I love drafting so much that I would buy a booster box, and that's what we would do. I'd have people pay in to cover the cost of the box, and we would draft the whole box. Like we, you know, like you can do. You grab like four people and then you can draft draft it like two or three times, I want to say. You can probably draft it more than that. What am I saying? 36? 36 boosters at what divided by four? About eight times, right? No. I'm sure there's a math breakdown on that stuff. I don't do uh, whatever it is. I've never drafted a booster box before, so I'll just take your word for it. You can do it. You can at least do it twice for sure, because it's what three packs per person. So, what three, six, nine, twelve? Yeah, you can do it three times. You can dra- you can do three different drafts and then play through that, or do two drafts and then when the person wins the box type thing, like and then you just go out and buy another one. <laughs> like this is how, this is how it works. Like I love drafting so much. It's it's probably like one of my favorite formats ever. And I learned about cubes and I just never built one. I uh I'm kind of at the point where my EDH stuff, oh after Commander Legends especially, I've only got like one other card I need to pick up to the point where I don't ever have to really build any more decks anymore. I've hit my I've hit my hundred marker. I think I actually went over it. I didn't realize it, but because of the pre-con decks that came out over the past year. I've kind of just ended up with extra decks beyond it, but mm-hmm. I'm actually at the hundred mark. So I'm like, I kind of need to shift focus here. I've wanted to build a cube for a while, and it's just like Popper is one of my favorite formats that isn't EDH, and it's one of the form- formats that I had when when I when I first started to uh, go to my LGS. It was me and another another person who were doing our darndest to get Popper as a format for uh, official uh, FNM play. And we pushed hard enough where we actually got it got it running again. And, you know, then the pandemic happened. And then it's just like, well, fuck, what are we going to do? And uh, a friend of mine built a vintage cube. And I helped him put it together because I had a bunch of extra um, uh, Chinese proxies I wasn't doing anything with. And I ended up giving it to him to help build his cube. I got some really cool uh, 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 bulk rares that I needed for some uh, commander decks and just for my collection in general. 
So it was a good trade-off. And now I've put out my list to, the, to my MTG group, and I'm just like, if any of you have got these commons, I'm building a popper cube, so let's do this. So now we'll have a vintage and a popper cube in our play group that we can just draft whenever we feel like it. Nice. That's the good thing about, that's the other thing I like about cubes, is that you can do a completely proxied cube. Oh, hell yeah. In fact, I know people who fucking, like, 70 to 80% of their shit is proxied, because it's just, all it is, is it's just your own dream, it's your own dream draft that you get to break out whenever you fucking feel like it. The only headache that I'm going to have is buying the case and buying the fucking 400 plus sleeves I'm going to need, which is kind of why I regret giving all my sleeves to Orlando when I did. (laughs) Yeah. Sleeves and um, when you do actually go to draft it, you need to have you need to create packs out of it. So you need like little envelopes or something to slip them into so they people can open them up and then draft them like normal. There's I know there's ways of doing it. They actually make um, packs that you can like resealable packs that you can use to make packs out of. Yeah, they're like Ziploc. Yeah, they're like Ziploc bags. I just I can't remember where to find them or anything like that. But like you literally crack them open, pull the card, do your draft, and then when you're done, everything goes back into the box. Like that's the whole point of it. And it's relatively easy to clean up too, so it's like yeah. the whole process is 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 much more effective in that regard. And then with a popper cube, it's not so, it's something I don't have to think about, and I can start building and I can adjust as I feel like it because there's a lot of powerful common cards. But like the list that I'm building off of, because there's actually a popper cube list, uh, I had more than seventy percent of the list already, and like I only have 103 cards left that I have to get out of the 350, so that's not bad. No, that's pretty good. I actually like Man. Man, I miss I miss the drafting. I really do. Like out of all the stuff I miss from Magic is definitely draft. Cuz I'm not like I'll play commander, but I've never built my own commander deck. I'll use a precon or somebody else's commander deck. Uh standard is just for me it's impossible to stay in and especially if like with my competitive nature like I want to be competitive. And I hate rotations. I just hate them. Even even if they they change, like it takes longer to switch the rotation. It's still a rotation, and it still screws everything up. And I don't know. I just I don't have I don't have the time to put into being competitive. But drafting, drafting is probably the most competitive, simplest thing that you can do. And winning cards that way is just awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and at 15 bucks hey, a pop half the time when you go to a shop you're it's only 15 bucks to get into a draft like i'll play two or three a night sometimes and if that's it for the week like that's perfect <laughs> you ain't gonna hear me argue it's a great experience hey lando they don't have drafting in Yu-Gi-Oh, do they yes they do actually it's called duelist packs where you just they, they uh they compile like random cards throughout the uh the series and uh they put them in uh they make a, a specific pack for you to build up uh a random assortment deck out of it and play it hmm. neat that actually sounds fun yeah you, especially they don't have a, they don't have like a resource cost like magic does uh well not in the same way no I just gotta learn. I gotta learn new shit, man. I really do. (laughs) 
Yu-Gi-Oh! We keep talking about the Yu-Gi-Oh! thing. You know, I, I, the easiest way for you to learn it is just get uh, the latest Yu-Gi-Oh! game on the on the Switch. Uh, Legacy of the Duelist Link Evolution. And uh, you'll, you'll be able to learn the, you'll play the game easy and you'll be able to build all sorts of decks out of it with all the cards that you get. That's what somebody told me. Like I was, I um, I ran into somebody through TikTok, and then I met, ended up met, talking to him on Instagram, and I asked him, I was like, "Hey, like I'm interested in getting into Yu-Gi-Oh, but this is would be like literally my first time getting back into it from back in the day, and I don't have anything, literally nothing. And every time I look like a, look up a deck that I like, like a Dark Magician deck or anything." deck or anything like that it's going to be like a 600 hundred dollar deck is there a way to get into this game for cheaper than like 600 dollars? even like 180 on the on the cheap side is kind of out of people's range and they told me to find something i like and then play dual simulators and i, I can't remember which one i they told me but yeah they're like all over they're all over the web dude you can look for uh Whatever, there's all sorts of different uh, simulations where you can just play basically whatever deck you want, build whatever deck you want, and just test, it, give it a test run and see how you like it. And if it's yeah. something, or then maybe it's something you may want to invest later down the line. The thing is, is that with Yu-Gi-Oh, you don't always have to invest in the most expensive cards. There's all they're usually reprinting the more expensive cards into more common sets so that you can afford them. They're just not going to be the uh, holographic ones normally. Whatever. <laughs> you can always just you can all you can always look see if each if a, a particularly expensive card has a less expensive version they told me dueling nexus was the the dueler the dueling simulator that they recommended to me that's fine yeah whatever <laughs> i just play a legacy of the duelist uh, right now, I'm experimenting with a ritual monster deck that I'm really enjoying because the two boss monsters are fucking nuts. They're just my kind of style to play. <laughs> called nice. Demise, Demise, Supreme King of Armageddon, and Supreme Queen of Oblivion. They're counterparts to each other. Where one card, they do that a lot with uh, in Yu-Gi-Oh. They always, they'll sometimes they'll put out a card and then like a set later they'll put out like a companion card. That's the thing that with like Yu-Gi-Oh that I've I've kind of noticed is that just because your deck isn't that great doesn't mean down the line it's not going to get support. Oh yeah, or even better, uh, because they don't necessarily have like uh, cycled formats. Just because a card is bad at one particular moment doesn't mean it will always be bad. Yeah. There was a card uh, that was taken as a joke, as an example. Uh, his name was uh, Eospatian Aqua Dolphin. It was a... <laughs> It was a it was a lame superhero card with 800 attack and defense. Really weak shit. And for 
for over a decade, it was a complete joke of a card until the format came to the point where it started seeing a lot of competitive use because hand traps started becoming a thing, and most hand traps are monsters with zero attack points. And with Aqua Dolphin, what happens is that you can just simply activate its effect to simply get rid of those cards in their hand, preventing them from countering your uh, your moves. It became, it became huh. really fucking useful. Over, That's no, crazy. Almost, almost overnight. It's not played as much anymore because, unfortunately, uh, the power crept of the card game basically made it harder for uh, players to keep using it. But it only goes to show that you never know what cards might end up be, being one day very fucking useful. Another example is a card called the Tyrant Neptune that it was also completed as it was also seen as a complete joke because having having you uh, offer tr- two monsters as a sacrifice to bring it out just so that it can copy the effects of one of the monsters that you tribute seemed to be one of the stupidest fucking moves until there one particular fusion monster was released and it ended up making the card the tyrant neptune so fucking broken that they had to ban it outright <laughs> jesus <laughs> You offer that fusion monster, you sacrifice it, and all of a sudden, the the Tyrant Neptune has 5,000 attack points and can inflict 5,000 damage to you every turn. You only have 8,000 life points to start with, meaning, and he's immune to all card effects thanks to sacrificing that fusion monster. Meaning if you don't get rid of him in the next turn, you lose instantly. Insane. <laughs> so when that monster was released and they and people were finding out just how broken the Tyrant Neptune really was thanks to it, it just banned him outright. It's like, fuck it, we're not dealing with this shit. The fusion monster's too new to fucking ban, and she isn't really that powerful by herself. But with the Tyrant Neptune? Oh, fuck no. You can't have him in the game if she's there. <laughs> Fantastic. No, that's Dude, what I it- like about, about, like, even, I mean, the same thing happens in Magic with the modern format and with legacy formats and Commander and stuff like that is that every once in a while, a card will creep in and you'll be like, wait a minute, wait a minute. And then... It, like, it just gets better and better and better and better. So, that, I mean, Yu-Gi-Oh! has never changed, though. Yu-Gi-Oh! has always been like that. They don't have that cycle like Magic does. So, no, I the, think it's the one game in the It's the one game out of all of them right now in which there are no cycles. Every Virtually, as long as it's not banned, it's still playable. Yeah. Which, I mean, it's nice. I think more card games should have something similar to that. I mean, that way you don't have to, like, get rid of your collection. I mean, L5R had rotations, but it also had a legacy format that it promoted. So Yeah, yeah, but it never got played enough for it to be relevant. 
the problem with uh, I've had with L5R for had L, with L5R when it was in its original iteration was I would go and play through an entire block <clears throat> and all of my fucking cards save three I have to pitch because none of them are even useful anymore and and, yeah. and I, I, I but I'm a collector anyways by by that metric and I was collecting L5R cards so the rares and you know the specific uncommons and stuff I would keep but the remainder of it, my might as well have just thrown them in a fucking uh, in a wood pile and burned them for all the fucking use I had on them. So <laughs> remember the reprint of like Panku. The problem well, with that idea is that uh, the thing with Yu-Gi-Oh at its style is that eventually its card its card base is going to get really fucking big. Right now, it has over ten thousand cards. And out of 10,000 cards, only about 100 of them are banned. That's not bad. All only saying is that the, the lot, the lot, not the banned list, but the general card list itself is only going to get bigger and bigger. They release new sets every year. No, they release them more than every year. Well, I'm I'm saying okay, my bad. Like every couple of months, they release. Yeah. Yeah. I was about to I'm say, I'm like, they have a... what he was trying to go for. I got you. I got you. Eventually, it's gonna get too big for its own good, and it might have to force rotations. Eventually, that would be my general prediction because it uh, because uh. they're gonna build more and more cards that uh, eventually, no matter how how. Um, invested you you are into the game competitively you're not going to remember every single card you're not going to remember how to deal with every single card and there are cards out there that are so obscure that until they're discovered they don't know how dangerous they can be in in the format yeah, but that's why but that's why they have card databases you're not going to go through your collection every time something new comes out you just you have a card database and you go through it and find specifically something that you're looking for or you just sometimes just flip through the database and you'll find something i'm only saying because something like that happened last year with the grand maju deck uh this one particular uh unknown monster known as grand maju dot isa it, like that's uh, it's a weird pronunciation but uh he was just some obscure card that didn't really have a seemingly had a pretty shitty effect until somebody tested him out and he basically won the entire fucking tournament with that lone card. He had some support, obviously, but he basically built the deck around that card and it helped him basically crush the entire tournament. Yeah, but no I mean if you're a competitive if you're a competitive player, that's what you're looking for. I that's, know that's the type I'm of saying, shit. That's one out of over ten thousand cards. That's what I'm saying. No, I know, but like I said, that's why there's card databases. Like you can go through them, you can find them. I don't think Yu-Gi-Oh will change. I don't. I really don't. I mean, they're they've been around forever, and ten thousand cards might not seem like a lot. Yeah, for right and, now. Yeah, right but now. still, the way the way, the way they get bigger and bigger. But the way they constantly reprint stuff, Yu-Gi-Oh! is not afraid to reprint stuff. I don't think it's going to be a problem. It reprints because uh, based on card values, they do that to uh, to make it more affordable. 
not necessarily to have people reminded that certain cards exist. Yeah, but still, it, it also it's also good for people like me who want to get into it and don't feel like you know would rather buy a box than go blow money on a single card. And that's fair. That's fair. I mean, good luck with that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's the gambling factor that we've talked about like a million times. That's fine. Trust anyway. me. I was it also has to do with how much of the meat you actually end up using on that. Buying a box of cards for you makes sense because depending on what it is, you might draft it, you might use most of the cards in it. That really ends up being the case. People who buy singles, they're just buying what they need. It's much simpler for them to do that no matter what the price point ends up being. Yeah, but like I said, but if you're building a deck and you're like mid-rotation, say Magic, like you can buy singles to fill that deck. I'm not buying boxes halfway through a rotation. But at the end of the rotation, fuck no, I'm not buying shit from anybody. I, I purposely... Be completely useless by the, by the end. I get you. Right. Well, the last, the last two weeks of a rotation are like the worst FNMs to go to. So I always bring troll decks. Like I always, bring, I always create a Turbo Fog deck out of the shit from the, from the block and play Turbo Fog and just try to stall and win that way. Like I'm just I just played literally troll yeah. decks at the end of a rotation. Fair enough. <clears throat> I actually won a couple times with Turbo Fog. You'd you'd be amazed at how pissed people are when you hit that timer. <laughs> They're like, I'm swinging with like a million creatures. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Fog. <laughs> Yeah, there's enough stuff out there now where the the the, the turbo fog concept is, uh, yeah, it doesn't have the same kind of impact anymore. It's like, oh, you're you're, you're going to alpha strike me. Well, I'm going to swing. Uh, well, I have uh, <clears throat> questing beast here, which says damage can't be prevented by my creatures. So uh, you waste that spell. Yeah. <laughs> reminds me of my skull servant deck. Oh no, you're destroying all of my wimpy little bone guys. What do I do? Oh, okay, I'll just play the king here, who now has like 15,000 attack. One hit KO. There you go. You lose. Yeah. It's, you usually play blue-green, and bounce, you just bounce everything that hits the field, counterspell stuff, or fog all the damage. Like, that's just the whole point of the deck. There Or pacifism. You could play white in it, too. Like, you could you literally just troll people for however long the timer is. <laughs> Uh, all right, let's move back into the digital world for a little. Uh, um, yes, I yes. say we. I'm gonna kind of combine two because they're both Nintendo related. So, let's start let's, with the lighter one first. Let's start with uh, the with we with the Wii U Mario Maker stuff. Oh yeah, that's exactly where I wanted to start. It was um, Mario Maker One is getting pulled from the uh, Wii U store. You can no longer upload levels uh, or download levels. And Mario Maker 1 is officially dead. So I wouldn't say officially, but for the most part. Yeah, I mean, you could still... I think you can still trade, if I'm not you mistaken. Can, you can still... You can still create the levels and still play locally. You can do all that no problem. 
It's just that on four, and you can still access the levels that are still on the servers. So you could still play them, but you can't you can't upload your uh your any more new levels upon March thirty first. Right. Yeah. So it's uh, I mean it's bound to happen. Mario Maker two is by far the better game anyway. Uh, they fixed a lot of their bugs from the first one. But there are some levels that people want to play, some iconic levels that people have made, um, which you can still play. You just can't upload new ones. Exactly. So it's still, in my opinion, it's still kind of killing the game because at some point, I, I mean, if you really had the time, at some point, you're going to play all the games on it, which I find it really hard to believe as I'm saying it. But it, there's a potential. There's a potential, and um, but it, it's the it's the end of the support from Nintendo is what it is. Yeah. So I'm saddened, but I had my time with Mario Maker. I enjoyed the hell out of it. Uh, it had some missed potential, and some of it was addressed in the sequel. Uh, I don't think that. They fully realized the potential of Mario Maker 2 just yet, but considering that they aren't doing anything major for it at the moment, uh, let's hope that there'll be a third and it'll be even better. Well, the last update was their huge, big, bad update, which it was. It was a huge update. And um, I don't think they're going to do another one. That's what they said. They aren't doing any of major major updates anytime soon. Right, but just like, but just like the Smash community, there is a huge Mario Maker community, and they will keep pushing that game. But the good news is, is that because they can do all the editing in the game itself, they'll never get shut down for doing what they do. So the other big controversy, and this is very controversial, apparently, is your Animal Crossing hairstyles that you were just able to download. Um, <laughs> I, it's not even download. They just kind of released them. I don't even know. Uh, you, you got them. You have access to them like right now. It's not something that you have to go download or buy. Or oh, I think you had to buy it. You had to buy it in the shop. But um what is it just is it just people of is it hair for people of color i forgot what they called it they actually called it something specific it's okay uh, it, they're technically called afro puffs no 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 that's the hairstyle that caught the problem but it's part of a pack oh i have no idea that they released drew do you know i don't remember the name of it i I saw there was a controversy, saw the reason why, and completely shut my brain off afterwards. <laughs> All right, I'm... Um, oh, it's part of the the winter update. Hold on a second. Let the page load. Uh, Animal Crossing finally improves its hair options. And this is from Polygon. Uh, when was this article written? Oh, we should probably go with today's date. What is today's date? We're finally in December, my friends. It is, what is it? December 5th today. So we're finally in December. Um, Christmas is coming and our end of year is coming. And 
Cyberpunk 2020 in fi- or 2070 to 2020. Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh my God. Cyberpunk 2077 in ten- five days. I think, right? December 10th. Or, was- or never because we just wanted to hang out with good old. Uh- yeah. So this article is written November 17th uh, by Polygon. Animal Crossing New Horizons upcoming packs a ton of features and additions, including a number of cosmetic options. On uh, on for anyone looking to adjust what their villager looks like, while the uh, the trailer only features these tweaks briefly, they make notable uh, difference for a notable difference for black fans or players of color. You can now, for instance, give your character dreadlocks or an afro or a fade. There's only there's also a new curly natural hair option and some extremely cute puffs. Uh, you can also just opt out altogether and go bald. Uh, bald now, too. Ooh, that's nice. I might update my guy, except I'm wearing the Mohawk hat. So <laughs> at the moment, <laughs> uh, there's also there are six new hair options in total. These wouldn't mean much on their own, of course, which is why it's good news that the Animal Crossing updates will also include new holidays, a slate of new poses, save data transfers, added inventory space and even a promised January pack or January patch with mysterious content for now though. Uh, if you want to celebrate Turkey day or toy day with a new look, you totally can. So yeah, that is the article. So the controversy that happened is a girl um, took the hair option of puffs on a white avatar and sat in front of a cute little area that she created and the internet went fucking nuts. (laughs) Um, Because now your hairstyles in a video game can also be racist. (laughs) Well, to my understanding, it's because the way she uh, called that. She called them space no, space buns. And that apparently was enough to piss off everyone because apparently it's racist to call them anything but Afro puffs. Can I, can I just say something about hair in general? By all means, go right ahead. Dreadlocks are not specifically African-American people of color oh. hairstyles. Afro puffs are also not specifically to people of color. No, blasphemy! Um, Curly hair is not strictly a person of color. (laughs) What else do we got here? I think that's it. Listen. You are speaking the word of the devil! No one's culture. No one's appropriating your culture by wearing their hair a certain way. Rastafarians do wear dreadlocks. Norse, Swedish, Viking people wear their hair in dreadlocks. <laughs> you have curly-haired people that live across the world. Your video game character is not a real character. Your video game character is not racist. 
your video game character is a video game character. Do you want to know what I used to play in Pokemon XY? Because the outfits was the new thing. I played a female. Why? Because they had more clothing options than the guys. I'm not a girl. <laughs> like, the fuck? <laughs> love that. I love, I, I 100% agree. I also love the response that some people have, have made. For example, they made the claim that uh, if you're going to be upset that uh, right, that that some people who are not black are wearing the this out um, this type of hair, then you shouldn't be playing Nintendo games because unless you're Asian, because Nintendo makes Nintendo games in Japan, because but Nintendo's like- a Japanese company. So if you're not Japanese. Oh, play Nintendo games. And when I used to, when I used to have more hair than I do now, I used to rock a fade. A fade is not a person of color specific haircut. Apparently, to some people, apparently it is, and I'm getting it's so fucking stupid, dude. It's the dumbest thing I heard when when you guys sent me that. They're like, well, like, you guys sent me the meme that's saying, oh, by the way, this is racist. I was like, funny, yeah, is it? And then I looked into it, and I was like, oh my god. There are people actually offended by a fucking video game character. Fantastic. It is so sad. It is. It is. Let people. Okay. So you're telling me that if she never takes that picture, it's okay. Right. But you're, but you want to take the moment to educate her. How about all the people that are putting Confederate flags in their animal crossing game that are putting all lives matter shit in their animal crossing game, but never going online. If you never go online and you never update your shit, no, like, no one would ever know. You could you could put Nazi flags in your fucking video game and no one would ever know. But this one person who did something as innocent as changing her hair to a new hairstyle option that the game offered is racist. Liked, by the way, she wasn't. She liked. Damn thing, she liked it. She thought the style was fucking cute. She, wasn't she posted. She posted it. a picture of a area in Animal Crossing that she designed that looked cute. That is what she did, and she's apparently a serial racist for it. Come on, come on. Like people are losing their goddamn minds. Not everything is racist. Not oh. everything is racist. But I think these are the folks who are obsessed with the ideology that everything is political because you have to think and believe that such a statement has to be a political statement to look at something as innocent as an Animal Crossing villager and think something is terribly wrong. That's what I'm saying. It's like, look, let's just put it to you this way. We're at the point now where we've been 10 months into this fucking pandemic. People are fucking already twitchy about dumb shit already. When you're, when all you have left to stare at is the internet, everything about the internet's going to piss you off. That's what ends up happening with this stuff. That's what ends up happening with these people. And I know it started long before this happened. But mm-hmm. at this point, I'd rather give I'd rather give them a scapegoat rather than just get really, really, really fucking angry 
and scream and shout because I don't have the fucking energy to do that anymore. <clears throat> As yeah, I've said previous, on previous podcasts, I don't make my fucking night about this shit. If you feel <laughs> weird about somebody uncomfortable about somebody using a different, a specific hairstyle, fine. I, I, you're entitled to your opinion. They're also entitled to do whatever the fuck they want with their goddamn characters in a fantasy game that allows them to play with anthropomorphized fucking animals while they build a goddamn uh, island. Go fuck yourself. Go fuck your over over busybody thought process and go do something more constructive with your time other than needling people for being happy about something. It's the fucking is- concept of the lobster tank. They, no lobster will ever let another lobster, you know, get get above them. And when that kind of stuff happens and they try to escape, they drag them back down so that they can't escape. They, everyone dies together. Crab doesn't want to see another crab make it. Here's the, here's the thing. Die, that we're all going to die. I'm sorry. Oh, rest in peace, John Witherspoon. So the, here's the thing. Nintendo has been very clear. Between Mario Maker, between Smash Ultimate, and between Animal Crossing. If you put anything political in the game, they outright ban it. Just outright ban it. They, they were right. I mean, they are, they are so neutral. It doesn't matter if it's complete right wing or complete left wing ideology. If it is political, Nintendo removes it. And people are upset about it because they think they're taking a stance that's against them. It's like, no, you dumbass. No, they're taking the pure neutral stance. A pure neutral stance. No, the problem is that the idea, the ones who argue and complain about it, they're the ones who believe in the if you're moving on a if you're if you're standing on a moving train, you're either against that train or with the train. There is no in between. If you claim you're neutral, you are against them. That's their thought process on this. That's why they get upset and why they complain about something as simple as removing. All political imagery and ideology from a chil- from children's games, regardless of what that ideology is. Right, and it's it's it apparently just... it has to be in their thought. It has to be that they're against that ideology. Never mind that it's a fucking children's game, and that such shit doesn't need to concern them when they're just trying to enjoy the fucking games. Right. That's all. That's what I'm saying. It's like everybody, every everybody is at some point forced to take a political side, apparently. And I, it just blows my mind that th- th- this is what 2020 has come to. Everything we'll is a political side, and if you don't pick the right one, you are fucked. <laughs> okay. So 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 here's a, here's an interesting generational uh, parameter or uh, par- parallel that I've seen. It's an observation I've made over the past fucking five or six years of all this headache. The millennial generation as a whole, the older ones, have become the busybody housewives and, and fucking house people of past generations. Those people who constantly needle everyone because they're not doing something correct. They gossip behind people's backs. They go and push stupid, stupid rules and mores that don't have any real intrinsic value because they have nothing fucking better to do. That's what it feels like to me. Oh, won't somebody please think of the children? 
You literally it's the same like, concept, but not half of them aren't even fucking married. It's a bunch of fucking single people who don't know what the fuck is going on, making decisions and fucking large arcing swings on the internet. The 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 moral minority screaming as loud as they fucking can for no discernible reason, and these goddamn companies listen to them. It's dumb. It's stupid. And I can't find any other fucking thesaurus-based similarity on that one. Just fucking idiotic. <laughs> and you found it. <laughs> no, I, I, no, I agree. Like it's, just, it's so weird. Like you have, like it is simple as going to the store and then forgetting your mask, or like then having to like turn around, and if you don't turn around quick enough. Kind of, you know, you don't do certain things or you say something the wrong way. Like, you can't even address somebody like you can't you can't even address somebody like um, ma'am or sir, like because that is offending somebody. It, it just. It, it blows my mind that people cannot just live their lives like the whole thing with. Uh, telling somebody, you know, you sneeze and somebody going, you know, bless you, whatever it is. And and then you turning around and saying, oh, God's not real. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, if somebody says bless you, you're like, all right, thanks, whatever. And then go about your day. You don't turn it into like a fucking World War Three fight. Like, it's. Uh, uh. <laughs> yep. I, I can't. Yeah, I can't cool. with some people. I literally cannot with some people. <laughs> But um, yeah, a while back, uh, he, we, we had a conversation a couple of years back. He mentioned the phrase uh, wrong times create. Uh, I forget the phrase, but it's like something like that. Some strong times create uh, weak people or something like that or strong or tough times create uh, 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 strong people. Strong people create peaceful times, people, peaceful times. Weak people, weak people create tough times. Remember that's that's the phrase. I, I don't know. <laughs> I think we're starting to see the full impact of that that these peaceful times are creating. Unfortunately, huh. yeah, I, I don't know. Because when words anyway. are enough to hurt you in the sense that you have to re respond with such hatred and violence and backlash or when you think that words in itself is violence i my, my favorite strong person that's just me my favorite slogan out of all of this within like the last year has become um you've become so tolerant you're now intolerant <laughs> No, no, really. That's fucking true, though. It's the it's the coming full circle scenario. You've That's gone so far in a direction, you've come out the other side. And a lot of people have been talking about that across the board. And honestly, yeah. as, as apolitical as I am when it comes down to the very core of things, and I, like I said, I've said this on many occasions on the podcast, shit just bleeds into everything we fucking do, no matter how hard we try to keep it out. The, it literally gets to the point where it's just like, here's how you keep politics out of out of uh, out of your hobbies. Never go any further than your local hobby group 
to do most of your hobbying because the <laughs> further out you go, the more regional you get, the more this weird, pervasive po- political undertone starts to creep into what you do. I actually have something to say about game. that. <laughs> what's up? I actually have something to say about that because that's exactly what's happening. Uh, the Warhammer community. I never thought that this would be a problem, but it, it apparently has been reared its ugly head into my gaming. So, <laughs> I I'm doing uh Warhammer like TikToks kind of thing. Like I'm doing, I have a TikTok page. I don't, I'm not fucking big or anything. I got like 50 followers, whatever. It's a little fun thing, but I found the Warhammer community there. So I've been doing a lot of posting of my miniatures and painting and you know, just growing the audience and trying to build friendships and stuff, which I've I've done with another podcast, um, which will be in the future. Things are going to happen anyway. Um, the big controversy that's been happening is women in space marines, female space marines, and people arguing that by lore it can't happen. And then the other people are going, well, we can have female space marines. Or I want female space marines. And then the other side going, well, you have Sisters of Battle. It's the same thing. Go play that. How about you just let fucking people play what they want to fucking play? <laughs> if, if I'm sitting at a table and I see space marines on the other side, I think they're space marines. I don't think that they're female, they're male, they're lizard people. I, I think they're space marines. I don't give a fuck what the gender is inside the fucking suit of a space marine. Now, mind you, there are stories and they've released stories and people are like, well, we need more representation, blah, blah, blah. And I said, you know, Vulcan is a black guy, right? And he runs an entire company of Marines, right? Like he's a known character in the lore. Like that's kind of stuff happens. And then there are female amongst the ranks of some of the higher like groups of people. There are people like there. Everybody's represented in this game. If you look at the lore, but Holy fuck. Like why, why are people arguing with each other over a fictional world that we play toy soldiers with? Like who the fuck cares what that person thinks? is inside those things like why do you have to shit on somebody else's parade let them in fucking enjoy the game they want to enjoy the game let them ask for things because eventually the game is going to go that way things can change like you love the perfect (laughs) just sent it to you uh to the uh the chat uh i think it's a perfect response to your uh your story that's basically it i think it's a what Kimmy is not a boys club. (laughs) And then look at the one after. Oh, yeah. The the Lisa with the that's right. A girl wants to play football. How about that? And then (laughs) hey, we have already four girls on the team. That was the it that that's the perfect response. It's like it's. The thing that uh, that I find hilarious is that some people tend to think that or I should say, certain people like to think that certain hobbies are 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 gated, and it's like 
It hasn't been gated. It's never been gated. The difference is that you've pushed people into keeping you out because you've demonized us. See, here's here's the thing. Gatekeeping does happen. Like the whole point of, oh, there, there's, there can never be female space marines, blah, blah, blah. That is gatekeeping people out of the hobby. Why people need to focus on that should never be the issue. But if, some, if, if a female is playing and you're going to force them or try to tell them they need to play a specific thing, like, look, not all women want to play Sisters of Battle. Not all men want to play just Space Marines. Like, I want to play Sisters of Battle because I think the fucking models look cool as fuck. It doesn't mean that, like, it doesn't mean that, like, I, I want more women. It means I enjoy the way the models are sculpted. I enjoy how the armies look. I enjoy the game. Like, why do you need, like, why do you need to force somebody to do something specific just because of the way they look? You know what I mean? Like, I agree. And that, that's basically what gatekeeping is, like literally for any game. Yeah, no, gatekeeping is definitely a thing. And honestly, if if you see that shit happening at your local store, cut that shit out. Just cut that shit out. Take over the conversation if you have to. Step in. Tell the person, nah, you're dumb. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I don't know. I've never had I that problem. I think when it comes down to it, there, there will always need to be. There always needs to be an open door policy when it comes to any hobby that doesn't have a paywall attached to it. Obviously, and even the ones that do, if if you if you're ponying up the money for you know Warhammer shit, and you you want to play the game, and you you have a fucking you created a backstory for your for your uh, armies, and they you know they're different colors that no more normal people wouldn't make them. I wouldn't give a shit. Are you going to have fun? Are we going to battle? Are these are the two. These are the two criteria I have. If need, if you can answer no to any of these, then things need to be adjusted on your end because I don't care whatever the fuck your army signifies to you. It, it, one of us is going to end up a smoldering crater, and that's all I care about. Right, and honestly, uh, this sounds really retarded. Um, oops, I said a word. My bad. Uh, this sounds really dumb. Yeah. is canceled i know i know i know there's still words i can't cut out of my lingo as much as they fucking cause controversy there's just some words i just can't like i struggle getting rid of anyway um that being one of them um where the fuck was i going with this i do play differently against certain people like if I know about them, like if you're a new person in the hobby, I will play more lackadaisical, more fun, more doing random things. But if I know you're that douchebag that plays to win, that plays like tournament level stuff, I will go out of my way to give you the most painful time <laughs> ever to play against me. I, I like there's one guy at my shop who he told like he was told he's not allowed to play list against these random people and then i looked like i he asked me for a game and i said sure why not and i brought out all my stuff i brought like basic stuff 
whatever. And then I saw what he was bringing and I literally looked at the store owner and he go, he just kind of shook it. Not the store owner, but the, the manager. Cause I play at um, the games workshop shop. And I literally look at the guy and I'm like, my whole goal is to make this kid cry or cheat to leave this table. And I succeeded. <laughs> I forced his ass to do something shady and to try to call the game early just so he could win. And it just blew my mind. I'm like, dude, you're that competitive. Like I'm leaving this table with at least my morals. <laughs> like you have nothing other than win at all costs. Like that blows my mind. But I don't tell the kid he can't play something. I don't gatekeep him away from what he. I just play differently against different people. Like I don't play players who players in Pokemon that use mythical legendary teams. Yeah, right. (laughs) Well, it's easier for it's easier it's easier for the online thing because you don't actually have to talk to them. But like when you're face to face with somebody, even with like Magic, like there's certain decks that you know are just gonna piss people off. And against the newcomer, it's just un, unreasonable to be playing that. Now, mind you, if you if they're coming to F- the Friday Night Magic stuff and they're playing in the com- the competition thing, it it's fair game. Like you came to play, and you know people here are playing that way. But if you're just playing casually at a table, things have to change. Period. Isn't that what you were dealing with, uh, Drew? Uh, or Earlier this year, what's that? Feeling, uh, trying to just play casually at the local game shop, and jackasses kept coming in with fucking overpowered tournament decks. See, I'm, I'm not going to shit on people who come in with stronger decks because they want to win prizes. My problem ended up being is that there wasn't a that they didn't signify that they were running a specific level of deck prior to doing so because i have a hundred different decks at several different play styles and levels and i have no problem playing stronger decks if that's what the if that's what we're doing otherwise i usually use the friday night magic as a format as a formatted structure to go and test out new decks that i'm brewing so if i'm going up against somebody who blows up on turn five in a game that's supposed to be a fucking turn 11 scenario then it kind of kills the, the the fun for me. But overall, I'm not going to shit on somebody because they invested more money in their deck than I did. I know yeah, I'm man. playing budget, and I and as and at the end of the day, I know what power level I play at. So, well, the, the other thing too is you said F and M that the Friday Night Magic stuff is always competitive. You're paying in, you're going into a tournament scenario. But if Drew is just sitting at a table like, hey, let's play a quick game of Commander, and then Douchebag came in like with his, you know, Power 9 Commander deck, like, that's douchey. That is douchey. But it is what it is. Again, EDH has a format, and no, I don't generally... Yeah, you buy in, but, like, the buy-in for... EDH FMs usually is or EDH in overall is usually five to ten dollars. So if you're trying, if you're a tryhard at a five to ten dollar pool, then you're still then you're still missing the fucking point. If it, yeah. if it was an actual like Pro Tour qualifier or a Magic Fest, then it's a little then I understand. Move your ass because that that's an actual tournament format that you actually have to know your chops on. With yeah, EDH, but- there, there's competitive EDH, but overall, 
the format as a whole is strictly a casual format. Right. But at first, um, if you go standard or modern level uh, Friday Night Magic events, in those situations, those should be your testing grounds for your tournament decks. You should be constantly progressing and constantly trying to get better instead of just showing up with a starter deck trying to win one of those. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're you're trying... if In Friday Night Magic, now some people take it as like a casual thing, but most of the time it should be a competitive thing because a lot of those people at the, the top end of those lists are trying to qualify, trying to get points, trying to get into the, the pro tour like type scene or the higher level tournaments. And FNM is really the only way to kind of get your shit together in a competitive format without going to only convention sized game like tournaments. I would say back in the day, I could agree with you on that one, but with the bevy of different online formats that, that are out there that are relatively inexpensive, not arena because arena is a fucking money sink, but uh, MTGO is relatively inexpensive to be able to test and craft decks. You still have the free ways to do so like untap.io and fucking uh, um, X mage. There are a bunch of different ways that if you're trying to test a competitive brew, you can do that without interfering in people trying to have fun on on FNM. FNM overall, again, yes, it's an entry point for higher things because you still end up getting points and stuff for it so that you can build up to getting into Pro Tour and stuff like that. But right. overall, you tend to put more of your, inf- your resources if you're a spike, which is the slang term for a tournament grinder. Um, you tend to spend more money in... Um, <clears throat> in the qualifiers themselves fnm fnm overall it's a gateway but it's a really fucking weak gateway in contrast to a lot of the more um the more uh constructed format tournaments that are out there run by the third party companies i, I mean I, I wouldn't i wouldn't even put it in the same ballpark in a lot of cases so no because in most cases friday night magic tends to be a lot more of a middle if, you, if you're going as far as like if you're if you're rating it for challenge rating as far as people bringing in stronger decks yes people are bringing stronger decks but no one's bringing no one generally should be bringing in anything that if your deck is sitting at you know is basically you're running one of the tournaments uh you're you're net decking a tournament deck and you're bringing that to fnm you've lost the fucking plot if you're running like a second second or third tier deck and you're going into fnm that makes a little bit more sense because well i mean we're all trying to have fun here I don't really care. At the end of the day, the amount you pay in is equivalent to the price of a pack, at least in the FNMs that I've been in. So, like, if I've done yeah. a popper or a standard tournament, five dollars covers my covers my entry, and I have the chance to win more packs. But as far as I'm concerned, I'm still getting the one pack for participating. So that's what the five dollars is for. You're paying for an opportunity to get more. Is it cool right. to get more? Yes. Is it worth it to spend $650 on a deck just to win five or six packs? No. No. But that's why I usually go to FNM for just the um, the drafting. They, there's always drafting there. <laughs> At least the one I go to. <laughs> anyway, man, we've been talking a lot about fucking magic. We were supposed to go into the digital. Jesus Christ, what happened? Oh, gatekeeping. That's what we got into. <laughs> it tangents sometimes you just gotta again 
we're supposed to be more free form anyways. All the podcast topics were for was just to give us a, a general pathway. How we end up at the end of it is is really up to us. So what do we got next on the docket? Like you, you were saying. That now? Uh, be quick so, anyway. Yeah, and the next one would be the MK11 getting skins and voices. That's exciting. I'm fucking, I actually looked into that. I'm happy about that. I'm not usually excited for like skins because that's usually for most of the time they don't really add too much to the to the overall experience at least personally anyway. So when I heard about these, I didn't think that it was going to be that great until until I heard voice acting. They brought they didn't. It's not just skins. They brought the OG actors from the fucking movie. Reprise their roles. Yep, and we were literally just talking about that the last time we were talking. About MK. <laughs> I think it's cool. Same here, man. I think it's really cool. And then I was talking about how I was hoping that they would bring the other actors too, like for Kano, and that that one shot me in the ass. Yeah. Yeah. He. Yeah, he did. Yeah, and I was, I was like, okay, how did he? Holy shit! <laughs> yep, I'm just OD. Honestly, wh- which Sonya did they take? Uh, the from um, the first movie. Was it the one that was in uh, Billy Madison? Uh I don't I'm know. Not... Mm, I'm gonna have to look into it. Veronica Vaughn. So hot. Want to touch the hiney. (laughs) (laughs) Damn it. (laughs) Hey, man, I had had a crush on her back. That's how this shit works. Fair enough. All right, let me see. At least I hope they bring the uh, the voice actor for Liu Kang. I hope they do. Bridget Wilson, yes. <laughs> it's Veronica Vaughn. <laughs> Alrighty. Oh, uh, Billy Madison, yeah, what a good fucking movie. They got Christopher Lambert too, didn't they? They did what? They got Christopher Lambert too, right? Yes. Yeah. Oh, dude. Yep. Uh, they brought back... Um, who do they bring back? Raiden, Sonya, and Johnny Cage. Yep. I think if they could get the assets for uh, Kano for the from the actual movie, I'm pretty sure they could just use that. But eh, whatever, maybe it was too oh, much of a head. That brings, but that brings the argument of already that are already there. They're just redo. They're just redubbing the lines. Nothing's changed. They don't. They don't get any new lines. I wish they did because I would love to hear Johnny Cage say, uh, "Shiva, doesn't your no doesn't you know, doesn't your buddy Goro owe me five hundred dollars for my sunglasses?" <laughs> would have been awesome. That would have been a nice little Easter egg. But no, I don't. They're just they're all just redoing the redubbing their lines. That's all the lines that it's already in the game. But it's exclude. But their voices will be exclusive to that to those skins. Yeah, fine by me. Yeah, I don't mind either because they they still do great performances regardless. 
the 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 thing with bringing Kano's voice in also kind of goes over the whole uh, Grand Moff Tarkin from uh, the Star Wars Rogue One, how they kind of used his image, even with uh, Leia. Oh, yeah. yeah, I remember. I... You get that whole controversy of, well, if the movie company owns the rights to their image and their voice, like because of because of the movie do they really have the right to cgi in that person yeah no i would i agree with you maybe they shouldn't do that but at the very least they should bring the if that if that was the case at least uh use the voice actor from mkx that dude made a mean fucking kano yeah but what are you gonna do bring in the skin too mkx why not if it just if it can't be from the movie, bring the MKX Kano back. Hello, baby. Did you miss me? Oh, he could reprise. Yeah. He, he he could say that line. He would still be great. <laughs> Hello, because, because in the in MKX he was so close to repeating that line. He but instead it was hello, baby. In a while. Yeah. It was close, but we it all was. knew what he should have said. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think the, the movie th- the movie thing was good, but I think they kind of foreshadowed that with uh, Shang Tsung, which was also fucking cool. Yes, that that is still one of my favorite moments when they brought him when they brought him in. I was like, oh fuck yes, dude! Watching that trailer and watching him say, "Your soul is mine," I was like. Yes, I got chills for that game. I wanted him to be holding um Liu Kang's little brother. Oh my god! Yes, instead of pointing, just holding up his head. (laughs) Sorry. So so everyone's happy about this. I think we 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 can we can tie this up in a bundle in that one. So I'm going to start. I'm going to start this next one off, and I'm going to ask you, Jason. So you so you said you were gonna go into the stream and you were gonna give him shit. Are you the reason why Billy Mitchell hit the fucking new uh, Pac-Man perfect score? No, I didn't actually. So I typed in a few things of, um, you know, prove the score. I said it like maybe two or three times. Nobody was paying attention. He definitely was not watching the stream. Um, but um, Billy Mitchell did come to Galloping Ghost here in Illinois to play Pac-Man on stream. And I just thought it was fucking hilarious. Uh, Cause it happened the, what the week after we were talking shit about just prove your fucking scores, just man up and prove your scores. And uh, he did it for Pac-Man at least. I think now it's time for Donkey Kong. That's the one everybody wants to see. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Show us Donkey Kong. Now he did. he see, he did this to himself. He didn't have to come to an actual arcade, play one of his games, and get a new high score. He didn't have to do that, but he did. And now, with him suing everybody, I want to see Donkey Kong. Give me Donkey Kong. I I don't blame you on that. I agree. I believe, at the very least, he should show that he can still do Donkey Kong. At the very least, even if it doesn't shut everyone up about his previous score... They can no longer deny his current ability. Right. Because, um, oh, shoot, Drew, what's the guy's name? Which guy? The guy who runs Galloping Ghost. 
Uh, Doc Mac. Doc Mac, yeah. Doc Mac runs a legit arcade. Like, those arcade cabinets are legit arcade cabinets. You know for a fact that they have not been tampered with, and there is no way Billy Mitchell can fuck with those machines without him knowing about it. Correct. The way that he actually records new scores, he very much is... there. There is a strict fucking code of ethics. There are... uh, um, what the fuck are those cams called? Uh, GoPros. The, there's a GoPro that is set up on the set up for the actual screen. And in most cases, that's usually verified by one of the Galloping Ghost employees or Doc Mac personally, depending on the, the impact of the score. So, no, that, that shit's as, as legit as you're going to get without being at Twin Galaxies proper with a fucking entourage. Yeah. And with with the name like Billy Mitchell, you know, Doc was I know Doc was. You could hear him on stream when they were streaming it. They show you his hands, they show you the screen, and they show Billy Mitchell playing the game. Like you see That's, this and you can and you can hear Doc Mac in the background. So, absolutely, dude. Anytime anytime they get um fucking uh any kind of all-star people, be it uh people be it uh industry heads or fucking celebrities. Like Doc Mac personally uh, glad handles them and make, and takes care of them. So like when fucking uh, um, uh, fucking James Rolfe, uh, nostalgia critic and uh, black nerd came in, that he he was he was he, he I'm sure he had a hand in that stuff. Uh, fucking uh, Alex, uh, fucking uh, uh, Maximilian dude. I know he had had uh, had people there. Like I almost. Doc- to play him. Damn it. I still kick my own ass for that thing. <laughs> to this day. Hey, at least yeah. uh, at least one of our one of our friends got to. Cedric got to meet him. And as far as I'm concerned, that's all I need to know. At least somebody was there to actually shake the guy's hand. So Yeah, and then the, he always has um he's had them there three or four times, the the actors from Mortal Kombat. Dude, I have signed pictures from them from the Galloping Ghost. They're on my right. fucking wall in my basement. Yeah, so it's like this guy, he, if you don't know what it is, the Galloping Ghost is an arcade in Brookfield, Illinois. And it is the one of like, I think, two largest um, arcades, still functioning arcades in the United States at the moment. I have Daniel so, Piscina, Philip on, and John Parrish on my wall, all signed. Yep. Yeah, the, this arcade is like a really cool. You you pay a fee. Uh, I think right now it's twenty five bucks to get in, and it's an all day fee. So like you can leave and come back as long as you have your receipt. You know, get food, whatever. But I swear to God, every time you go in there, time just disappears. Like you'll go in at like noon, and you'll come out, and it'll be like dinner time, like seven o'clock, and you would never even notice it. Dude, they have some great obscure games in there. Do they have oh, yeah. martial masters of all fucking things in there? And if you don't know what that game is, it's a fighting game that I highly recommend. It has beautiful sprite artwork, and every fucking fighter in there has unique, actual, legit martial arts, with the exception of one dude, because I feel like he fights like an actual werewolf if they ex- if they existed. <laughs> Ironically, yeah, it's some um, Christian of all fucking things. You can find you can find pretty much all the classics. 
I think he's like missing a few, but he's always every Monday he's adding in. Uh, he he opened up a whole nother like building. It's it's still attached to the same building, but it's like further down like the building because I think something's in between them. That's just pinball machines. Like this place, you can I cannot say enough good things about this place. It's fantastic. Agreed. So, yep. Um, yeah, no, fuck. Uh, Billy Mitchell needs to play Donkey Kong on stream. Period. He shouldn't. If he was like, like, if he was legit, it's like, I'm sure you, I'm sure you're itching to play Donkey Kong again. I honestly wonder if Doc tried to get him to play Donkey Kong originally, and he was like, no, I'll just play Pac Man. Probably. I, I don't blame him if he ended up like backing out on the idea because Billy Mitchell is already like throwing enough heat around. He doesn't need his arcade to get involved in that shit. Yeah, it wouldn't be involved. That would be be to bring the Yeah, that's true. I don't think it'd really be getting involved to need to prove it. That's all it is. I mean, that's all anybody's really asking for. Like, if you're going to make these claims. Just for claiming that he's lying. He might be, but if you can get the scores, like we've said with Drew, like I said it with Drew before. I'm saying he's still suing people or just making the claims. Imagine him just asking him to play Donkey to play Donkey Kong. That might set him off to sue Gallup and Ghost anyway. He might think it's a conspiracy or shit. I'm not saying he would win. I'm just saying I doubt he I doubt Doc wants any fucking heat over this shit. Yeah, I don't think he get. I don't think Doc is heat in that. I think I think he doesn't get anything from it, especially because you know people who love the Galloping Ghost are going to back him one hundred percent. There's no way, no the way. Just asking. Back to Galaxy Arcade as well, but they're still under heat. I no, it does. It I it no. <laughs> That's all I'm saying, dude. He's probably just taking a precaution, and I think it's for the best that they did. I'm willing to say I'm willing to say it's easier to be safe than sorry on that one. I'll agree. The, the, it, I don't think there's any paranoia that needs to be in place, but you never you never know. You, well, next time, next time, next time, dude shows up at Gallop and Goes because I literally found out about it as I was leaving work, and that's how I found out about it. Next time, I will be driving to Brookfield from the building because i think it's like maybe a 15 minute drive from the building i work at and i'm gonna go fucking storm the gates and be like prove your fuck like prove your donkey kong score and just fucking leave <laughs> dear god enough, man. but seriously that's all that's all anybody's asking for like i don't care if if people are saying you're lying or if people you know saying you fake the scores or whatever like if you got those scores Legit got those scores. Prove it. it Show it. Do it again. Do it again. Plain and simple. Just do it again. So we'll just leave it at that. Um, Because, you know, fucking big brain Billy Mitchell over here. Um, Do you think this is his regular show? (laughs) Yeah, right. He actually sued them. We talked about that. He sued them. And for his likeness. Yeah. Yeah. And regular show won because. Uh, Billy Mitchell is not a giant head with little baby arms. <laughs> I 
I mean, he isn't. But, uh, <laughs> no, he's not. So if he wants to claim that he is, I won't stop him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was fun to watch while I was happening. Anyway, Microsoft making waves again in the news. Oh, stop the fucking presses. I know. Well, they're actually, I think this is good. I think this is uh this is their way of more pushing the software side of things. They ended up um I don't know if they bought. I'm pretty sure they bought or they partnered with Smash uh Smash eh, Smash.gg, which is like a tournament organizing slash um conveyor of not conveyor, like record keeping for tournaments. Let me see if the I think the note is still on the website from Smash. Smash. Uh, yeah, Smash.gg has been acquired by Microsoft. Since we started in 2015, our goal has been to build uh, active esports scenes around the games people love to play. Today, we're ex- excited to take the next step in our journey by joining Microsoft to help strengthen our existing relationships and explore new opportunities. Smash.gg will continue as a self-service esports platform available to turn for all game communi- uh, communities. If you have any questions about existing tournaments, please reach out uh, to hello at smash.gg. And that's that's it. That's it. Soft has been, you know, thanking PlayStation and with the whole Bethesda buy. And I think I think Microsoft is pushing in the right direction. You ain't gonna hear me. Maybe it'll actually maybe uh uh the these inroads improvements to some quality of life improvements to uh, Smash Ultimate with uh, Nintendo's blessings. That'd be kind of nice because their net code is still one of the worst in the industry. Sure fucking is. Yeah, maybe. Honestly, like, um, I think with the backing of Microsoft to Smash.gg, I think it opens up the avenues to Microsoft to move more into the esports like communities. Absolutely. If they weren't already in there enough already, because let's be honest. Yeah, like Microsoft was the vanguard for online play back in the day when the Xbox first came out. One of they're one of the they were one of the few that was really pushing that as a uh, uh, as a viable uh, medium. Hell, why wouldn't why why wouldn't they uh, have a hand in what's going on on the Nintendo side too? Especially with the inroads they've been making with Nintendo as a whole. Yeah, well, Smash.gg is a third party company. It's not. Nintendo, it's just literally a way for it's the way that melee players used to set up their tournaments, but you can set up a tournament for any game on their platform and run a tournament for recording, like reporting it, uh, keeping track of wins and losses, stuff like that. You, it's a, a platform that people use to set up tournaments and for organizers, basically. So it's third party. They just used smash.gg because of smash. <laughs> we know I the bond. <laughs> so, no, I think it's I think it's great for them. Um, and I think it's a good move. I don't think Microsoft's going to save smash. So anybody that's like, you know. Oh, my God, Microsoft's going to step in and save melee. Uh, no, I don't think Microsoft's going to fight that battle with Nintendo. That will not work. We have our instinct, and we'll be okay, Microsoft. Push, push, (laughs) instinct. 
<laughs> we want Killer Instinct four. Yeah, yeah, no, I don't think I don't know. Anyway, um, they made a new Killer Instinct since the um since the one that came with the launch of the Xbox One. I think we're ready for another one. Did they release one with the Xbox One? Yes, Killer Instinct. Hmm. What am I? Th- what's the other one I'm thinking of? I don't know. What are you thinking? I don't know. Yeah, you're kind of leaving us in the ether here. What's going on? I don't know. There was another fighting game that I thought. It's kind of. Maybe I'm thinking of a character from Killer Instinct, and I'm just confusing it for the title. Because that happens too. Yeah. I haven't played Killer Instinct in. Saber Wolf. No. I had a game of its own since the 1990s. That was on the Game Boy. I might be thinking, is Primal Fury a game? Are you talking Prim- about Primal Rage with the dinosaurs? Primal Rage, that's what I'm yeah. thinking of, yeah. Uh, no, that's not by Microsoft, no. And, you know, fair enough. Maybe, I don't know. I think that might be a bit too niche to be released. To have a new entry anyway. Yeah, who had who had that like uh, character that was like all like ice almost. That was Killer Instinct. That was Killer Instinct. Okay. Yes. Glacius is it? But he he would have this like move. Where he'd like hit you from across the, like almost across I, the screen. I I basically turning into a puddle, right? And then sliding towards you. Yeah, it's Glacius. Yeah, oh, that's Glacius. Yeah. God, I haven't played in this game. In I love his redesign in the 2013 game. It looks fucking badass, but there's nothing wrong with the classic. The only thing that I feel that they screwed up was uh, Cinder's redesign. I think it's kind of lame. It looks kind of like a knockoff of Heat Blast from Ben 10. <laughs> it 100% does. I'm looking at him right now. <laughs> I, I still prefer the older Cinder. Old school design. Maybe I should play this game. I haven't. God, it's tough to master, but uh, once you once you play it, it's really fun. Yeah, I still want to go back to Soul Calibur. By the way, Soul Calibur got gets tossed into the like Pokemon Arena Fighter. Huh? Young Sung is finally being released. Really? Yes. He's the latest character to be introduced to uh, Soul Calibur Six. Nice. I, Soul Calibur got see when I was listening to that other podcast. Um, they were telling me they were saying that uh, Soul Calibur and Pokin count as arena fighters, and I was like, "What? No." <laughs> they have essentially. Uh, no, te- because they 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 run. They have a weird way of uh, maneuvering throughout the arena, and with Soul Calibur, they still have ring outs. Yeah, but doesn't Tekken too? No, they got rid of those. They did. Yeah, yeah I, I think almost. I I think only maybe one of their stages in Tekken Seven actually has ring outs, but for the most part, most of them don't. Instead, you just transition to uh, a different stage 
Yeah, like you break the wall or floor or whatever, and it transitions. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's cool. Um, what else do we have? I think only like two stages actually has ring out. But Soul yeah, Cal- but you can all of them. But you're gonna you're gonna put you're gonna put Soul Caliber, Pokin, um, Budokai, uh, Naruto uh, Shippuden, and I can't say about Naruto games. I heard they're okay. Um, yeah, but you you putting those all those games in style of game, I don't. And Xenoverse, Xenoverse is another one. I don't. Uh, I can't say about Xenoverse either. I haven't played those. The Budokai games, I, okay. I've I've never gotten used to them. Budokai Tenkaichi, sure, because to me those games were a lot easier to grasp because the controls in my opinion were more simplified but Budokai 3 in particular is a bitch to learn for me personally anyway I've never played any of them (laughs) the only Dragon Ball Z game I've played was Xeno or the two games I've played are Xenoverse uh, Fighters yeah those are the only two I don't know. I love fighting games. Uh, I'm not very good at half of them, but um, I do like them and I enjoy them. So, all in, in all forms. <laughs> I'm tournament ready, but uh, I do love play. I definitely will never be tournament ready if Drew keeps kicking my ass in Blaze Blue, that's for sure. <laughs> oh my God. Blaze Blue tag or just Blaze Blue? blaze blue man he's a fucking monster in blaze blue especially when he plays a susano oh my god sometimes i think like four four out of the five matches he'll fucking screw no fucking clean me out perfect ko's oh god stop murdering me (laughs) i can only murder you more slowly I still haven't played Grand Blue. I heard that game was kind of hit or miss. Where's Drew? Is he still here? I'm alive. <laughs> oh. All right, as long as you are. Yeah. <laughs> oh, all right. Do you want to um, hold on? We have this to talk about now that we're on fighting games. It is. Here we go. I guess I will accept your cookies. So articles play um, written industry on the 27th of November. So what, last week? Yeah, last week. And Crown Prince of Saudi Arabia's foundation to buy 51% stake in SNK. That was what the fuck kind of moment for me. Where did that come from? I don't know. Okay, let me um, let me read the article and we can talk about it. <laughs> Mohammed bin, Mohammed bin Salman Charity Foundation is set to take a controlling stake in Japanese games firm SNK. The not-for-profit organization has invested around eight uh, eight hundred thirteen million reels 
which is $223 million in SNK, which gives it, it a 33% stake in the company, valuing the company at $669 million. Reports of the deal have emerged in the last 20 20- site confirms the details. The investment itself has made uh, was made through a wholly owned subsidiary subsidiary referred to as the Electronic Games Development Company. The two companies have previously worked together as, on the development of games and training programs that saw young Saudis visiting Japan. The agreement stipulates that the foundation will buy a further 17.7% of SNK shares in the future, granting it 51% ownership of the company. As the name suggests, the Mohammed bin Salam Salman Charity Foundation was established by Saudi Arabia's Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman. Uh, its stated goal is to invest in initiatives that will help cultivate and and encourage learning and leadership in youth for a better future for in Saudi Arabia. At the time of uh, of the writing, SNK Corp share price on the KOS DAC, well, whatever, uh, has surged as Word of the deal spread on the internet forums and social media. It rose 30% to 16,500 Korean won, which is $14.93. <laughs> That's 30%. Wow, that was a low amount. However, uh, the investment is likely to spark given past allegations against the nation and its leader. For one thing, Saudi Arabia is known to have a poor human rights record declaring homosexuality to be a crime, for example, and and one punishable by everything from flogging to execution. Earlier this year, a sponsorship agreement between the Riot Games and Saudi megacity project Neom was decried as sports washing, an attempt to align with something well-received in order to improve the poor reputation. Riot withdrew uh, with with the esports director admitting we moved too quickly to cement this partnership. So for anybody that uh, hasn't been following the news or is fucking blind to politics, this uh, Mohammed bin Salman the, was part of the news back in 2018 with an assassination of a journalist from, I want to say the Washington post. Yep. Um, who criticized Saudi Arabia. Um, yep. And the, okay. This is from the Wikipedia page. If you might remember the guy's name, Jamal Khashoggi. Um, yeah. If that sparks, if you follow the news and spark that, um, the crown prince had him murdered and then tried to cover it up. And then the murder prompted an intense global security or scrutiny and criticism of the government. And it just caused waves across the country. And all Khashoggi did was write a article basically criticizing Saudi Arabia. Um, Let me see. Actually, I'll tell you what happened. Khashoggi was a Saudi journalist, author, and formal general manager of the editor-in-chief of the Al-Arab News Channel. He also served as the editor of the Saudi newspaper Al-Watan, turned into, turning it into a platform for Saudi progressives 
Khashoggi fled Saudi Arabia in June 2017 and went into self-imposed exile in the U.S. He became a frequent contributor to the publications like the Washington Post, Global Opinion Section, and continued to criticize the Saudi government from afar. He had been sharply critical of Saudi Arabia's crown prince, Mohammed bin Salman, and the country's king, Salman of Saudi Arabia. Uh, he also imposed, opposed the Saudi Arabian-led in intervention in Yemen. Just before his assassination, Khashoggi launched several projects to combat online abuse in an attempt to consolidate the opposition and accused the crown prince, Mohammed, of mismanaging the kingdom of Saudi Arabia. Khashoggi collaborated with Omar Abelaziz. I don't know. I can't say these names. I'm not Middle Eastern. Sorry, people. One of the most visible public critics of the Saudi regime abroad who had received asylum in Canada on a range of projects. One project was named, oh my God, we're going over the Army of the Bees, quote unquote. Uh, They wanted to create a counterpoint to the regime's propaganda machine, a network of pro-democracy activists who would post and amplify one another's messages about Saudi political issues. Abdulaziz said he they wanted to talk about the dissents in political prisoners, freedom of speech, human rights, and make people aware of what's happening. And the B movement should also provide cybersecurity to people living in Saudi Arabia and other oppressive regimes in the Middle East in need in need of a safe way to express themselves, as Khashoggi wrote in his last posthumously published column, he was of the opinion that the Arab world needs most, what the Arab world needs most is freedom of expression. So, yeah. Uh, apparently everybody liked Khashoggi, um, but... He pissed off a dictatorship and got assassinated. And now this guy is going to own 51% stake in SNK from Japan. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> so, yeah, um, I, I don't, I'm not going to say anything about SNK. I'm a crap ton of t- uh, titles. Um, uh, let me look these up. Uh, Samurai Showdown, Fatal Fury. Guru, Mark of Wolves, King of Fighters. Uh, King of Fighters probably being the biggest on there. And Samurai Showdown. Six million versions of King of Fighters. <laughs> um, yeah, Fatal, Fatal Fury, King of Fighters, and what was the other one I said? Samurai Showdown. So those are so there's those are their major titles and by Saudi Arabia. There's shit like Metal Slug. I'm just looking at their top games. They've probably done a lot more. Metal Slug was one of their top games, dude. What? Metal Slug was one of their top games. Yeah, but SNK is known for a lot of their fighting games. I.e., and shooters. Yeah. So. Political ties involving in video games. I, that's crazy to me. But Riot Games is a very well-known international company, so 
I can see why people would want to get involved in that. So, yep. That's all the news to report on that because I don't want to <laughs> talk shit about someone that could potentially assassinate me. <laughs> Fair enough. Yep. Well, let's see think, how it goes. I don't think you got much to worry about, dude. You're you're a low rent <laughs> podcast. You have as much clout and pull as as a fucking puddle of water. Probably true. But at the same time, I don't want to be assassinated. Even though it'd be a cool ass story about how I was assassinated. Just give me the just insult me. I mean, okay, the, the guy. If the company's, if the company, if the leader of a country is literally basic human rights for people, yeah. Uh, <laughs> oops. I mean, not to shit on. Not to shit on it twice in one night, but uh, China. Yeah. China is perfect at doing it, and China has probably the biggest population. No, I take that back. India, I think, has the most population, but China is a close second. Oh, it, it's China. Is it really? Yes. Oh, fantastic. So the most populated city or country in the world. Uh, speaking of China, um, this actually affected me probably more than anything. And I know we've talked Wizards of the Coast and Magic and other companies having a hard time, but it finally affected miniature wargaming. Um, Games Workshop last week, not last week, probably a couple months ago, announced their release schedule for new books and miniatures and stuff like that. And Death Guard, one of the codexes, um, the big codex that was supposed to be on pre-order this week actually got pushed to early next year due to um, COVID delays. Um, Apparently, and I had no clue about this, UPS, the post office, and FedEx have put uh, shipping maximums on companies. Like, they will only take so many packages from certain companies or not take any packages from certain companies um, just to not overload their system during Christmas because of COVID. And I'm thinking to myself, you had at least nine months to get your shit together and you're still going to fuck up shipping delays. Fantastic. (laughs) Dude, I learned, this is something I learned from uh, my kid going back to school for eighth grade. Nobody's gotten their act together in the course of the time that we've been in lockdown. It hasn't happened. There hasn't been a push to do so. None of these people are prepared at all and refuse to prepare further. Nobody wants to. No one has an inclination to do so. So getting pissed off about it certainly ain't going to change anything. All you can do at this point is just fucking just roll with it. No, I'm not pissed off about it. I'm not really pissed off about it. It's like today I went to the game shop to buy my kid a for his uh, grades because his grades came back all A's and B's. So I said he could could, pick out anything he wanted because I I asked him. I said, hey, is miniature something that you want to do? Do you want to get back into it? Like, is this something that you want to do with me? Like, no bullshit. Like, are you going to do this? 
And he said, yeah, and got all excited. And then I was like, all right, pick something. And then the first thing he picks, I tell him no on because I thought it was a character and it's not. <laughs> I feel kind of stupid about that. So now I'm going to have to buy it for Christmas. But anyway, <laughs> um, we went in there. And I'm looking around and I'm like, I, I want to focus on one of my armies, the Death Guard, which are like the bringers of pestilence. Go figure 2020 with fucking COVID and shit. And I want to deal with more disease and spreading disease. Um, but I wanted to do that. And what happens when they put out a new edition is they go through and they like to rebox stuff. Well, Death Guard got released last time and they've already started to some of the things before this new codex came and before the new edition came. So they sent everything back. So I literally looked at the shelf and had to choose from three boxes, a box of regular plague Marines, which I have uh, at least 40 of right now, not boxes, but 40 Marines. And I don't need any more a box, um, a box for, I think one of the tanks. no, it's like a vehicle, but it's not. It's really weird, and it's I don't like it. But I'm going to have to buy some eventually anyway. Anyway, that or Mortarion, which I already have. You only need... So, I have no option to really buy anything there. So now I'm thinking, I'm like, okay, can I get at least the free model? Because they just started this thing where you can get a free model for going in. Well, it turns out the only way they can give out the free model is by taking the boxes off the shelves that they've already sent back to the company to get reboxed. <laughs> and it happens, the model happens to be Death Guard this year, or this this month. So now I'm like, that's okay. Not, that's actually not a bad way to recycle or reuse shit that you have to get rid of anyways. That's really fucking creative, actually. Well, it's not. It's, so they pick a theme for the month. Like last month was Witch Elves. So I got a free Witch Elf. Or not Witch Elves, Dark Elves. I want to say. And then this month, because of the Death Guard Codex release, it's Death Guard themed. So the free miniature that you get comes from the theme of the month that they take from their stock. So they don't have to, and you're only getting one miniature. Some of these boxes, like the Witch Elf box, comes with like 10 miniatures in a box. But the Death Guard miniature, you only get seven of those in a box. So it's like, it, it, I guess it depends. I mean, it's a good idea, but you have to have the stock. And why would you have sent all that shit back? <laughs> I mean, obviously, they didn't know. They didn't know. And they got caught with their pants down. But at the same time, it's like, I figured some of this stuff would have been printed and out already. Like they, But that's not the case. Because they took everything back, tried to rebox it, and then now they can't ship it out again. Uh, Jesus. Yeah, distribution so. lines, supply lines have been interrupted everywhere. And when it comes to a lot of the, I'm just going to call them what they are, they're plastic distractions. There, yeah. there have been a lot of, there have been a lot of hiccups on that. Like coming up on Christmas time, I haven't done any Christmas shopping yet. I don't know about any, any of y'all, but like, or if you have any, if you don't, lucky you. But um, yeah, I still got to shop for a couple different people. Um, yeah, I I bought for my one son. I have to, or the youngest, and then I'm, I still have to shop for my oldest, and it's fucked up because his birthday is literally next week, and then Christmas after that. So like next with these next couple weeks, I really need to focus on like his gifts because I have my other son's gifts 
already bought, but we're not doing anything crazy. It's just hard to buy for fucking 14 year old. <laughs> That's just, I don't know what the fuck to get him. It, well, you just stick to the interest. I mean, at this point, with every with the he's not even at dating age. Well, he is technically, but not really. And I don't think he's really interested in that kind of stuff. But I mean, just try and avoid the whole gift card experience. My kid, unfortunately, wants a fucking gift card. He yeah. wants a goddamn. He wants goddamn V bucks because the next the next season is coming up, and he wants to get the fucking uh, whatever the hell it's called for uh, for Fortnite. And it's just like uh, uh, this. My kid, I th- if you play enough, you, I think you get V Bucks at the end of the the thing that pays for the next season. I think that's all my son's been doing because I haven't been buying him any, <laughs> and he has to use he has to use my card to pay for stuff through the PlayStation Store. So. Um. Yeah, this this one this time around it's the Mandalorian. It's Star Wars related, so I don't know what the next one is. Well, they got God of War too. I saw some. I oh, saw yeah. someone was posting the, the stupid Kratos dancing bullshit, and I'm just like, okay, this is uh, fucking stupid. My kid has Kratos. I, I just watched him play with Kratos too. I don't know why I didn't think of it. Yeah, because he is now the dad of war. You don't go by Kratos anymore. Is dad of war, dad of war, boy, dad of boy, yeah, boy. <laughs> Speaking of my my uh my son, in Assassin's Creed, where you cannot progress the um the story again. <laughs> he finally got past the first one and then found another one. <laughs> God damn, dude, that game is trash. What the fuck? No, it's still good. It's a fun ass game. It's just for some Ubisoft, reason. Right? I I swear it's Ubisoft. I swear it is. This is why I never got into that series, because like, well, I don't like I don't enjoy any of Ubisoft's games anyways. And a lot of that uh, Assassin's Creed stuff got too convoluted from uh, an outside perspective. We're just like, I don't care enough about stealth kills and shit to enjoy this series. I know people who enjoy it. It's fine. I'm not giving you shit about it. But I just yeah. like Ubisoft's business practices are not something I want to cultivate anyways, especially because they're just as bad as any other fucking game company at this point. Yeah, sure. you haven't uh, you haven't played that the concept of Assassin's Creed is something that would indeed interest me. It's a historical-based game dealing with historical figures. That is right up And they, of course, they fuck it up. Yeah, it's um, it's weird. You have to... Oh, what was I going to say? Uh-oh. <laughs> Again? No! There he is. And he's back. Maybe. No worries. I caught I caught that immediately when Orlando cut out. I'm like, and I've disconnected shit. Nice. Yeah, so um you haven't played uh Stick of Truth or Fractured Butthole. And um you need to play those games. <laughs> I have I played some fra- Fractured Butthole. That shit was that shit's really cheap right now. Like I can find those in bargain bins at Walmart for like fucking fifteen bucks. I know, dude. They're oh, whole- shit. Guess who's going to Walmart tomorrow? Yeah, they're hilarious fucking games and Ubisoft. 
Oh, isn't it because um, um, Trey Parker and Matt Stone are directly involved in this game? Absolutely. Oh, yeah, dude. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> the fractured butthole and the fight uh, with the priests is <laughs> just sets the fucking tone. Actually, honestly, they set the tone in the beginning. <laughs> They're fucking uh, superhero costumes. It's fucking great. I love it. And then um, if you bought it on the Switch, you could buy the quote-unquote expansion, which was literally the full game of Stick of Truth. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So secret uh, boss battle with fucking uh against Morgan Freeman. Yeah, that's fun as fuck. <laughs> it's it's uh it's a short game, but it's fucking hilarious and so much fun. That's so all it fun. It doesn't have to it doesn't have to go on for fifty hours, even if it's only for ten, it's, as long as it's still funny and good, that's all that matters. Yeah, I like their quick travel too. The quick travel that they had in the game was pretty was pretty nice. So. I don't really think I have anything coming out soon that I want. Bought anything for myself this Christmas? Oh, my wife! My 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 wife usually just goes, "Hey, you do all the shopping anyway, so just pick yourself something you want and stuff it in, stuff it in a in your stocking, and that's what I'm getting you." I'm like, oh, "Okay." <laughs> That, um, I'm not going to argue. I might pick up some of the AAA games that I haven't picked up in the past couple of years. Like, I found a copy of uh, Horizon Zero Dawn with all the DLC for fucking under 20 bucks, so I'm not going to argue. Pretty sure if we yeah, got them more, and a I couple don't. other ones are pretty cheap right now. I can't remember the fucking name of this game, but it's a Switch game that just dropped. Which um, one? Give us um, a genre, and we'll be, try- be able to help you. It's RPG. It's the one that we talked about at the last time with uh, upcoming games. It finally and um, it's literally a clone of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Genshin Impact? No. No, uh, Phoenix uh, uh, Phoenix something Immortal Rising or something. Yeah, um, immor- yeah Immortals Phoenix Rising. I, I, preferred, I preferred Drew's uh, a subtext of Genshin Impact. Of the waifu, best title. Yeah, yeah no. everyone called it. Definitely not Genshin Impact. Um, Immortals Phoenix Rising, and Phoenix is spelled as F E N Y X. It's literally a. I swear to God, I thought you were going to say F E N I X, and I'm like, oh my God, this isn't a Gears of War title, is it? No, it's literally the Greek gods in a. Um, Breath of the Wild skin. That's, okay. Yeah, it literally. There's people have taken video of side by sides of the game, and it, like the climbing is the same thing. The flying, um, like the gliding, is the same. Like animation. Um, there's a couple other animations that are like published by Nintendo. Huh? Was it published by Nintendo? Uh, I don't know. I feel I like think, if it's that Nintendo needs to fucking sue. I mean, it's on the Switch. I th- I'm pretty sure it's on the Switch doesn't mean it's been published by Nintendo. Yeah, no, no, it's Ubisoft. Oh, never mind. Don't go near. I'm sure Nintendo doesn't want to go near that fucking train wreck. I wonder if it's exclusive. I, I if if it's exclusive. 
Nope, it's for PlayStation. It's not exclusive. It's for PlayStation, Xbox Series, and PlayStation Five, and it's from Ubisoft. And it looks like it just literally looks like a reskin of Breath of the Wild. So I'm gonna say it's gonna be a fun as fuck game because I loved Breath of the Wild, and um, I haven't picked it up yet. But it got seven out of ten, and on like the grading scales. And like I said, there's a lot of stuff that. Oh, like the um, like where you can pick up the metal blocks in Zelda, you can do that in this game too. Like it's very similar as far as animations go. It's crazy. Yeah. People in most cases, a lot of companies like that borrow with both hands or steal with both hands when it comes to concepts. And Zelda wasn't the wasn't the first person to do open world gaming. I mean. Yeah, I, we could all we could throw that to the feet of any games before it, and, and not including the you know eighty iterations of Skyrim that came out. I still it's, haven't picked it, up. I still haven't picked up Age of Calamity either. I heard it was. I heard it was an amazing game. That that's yeah. one of the that's on my list of uh, things that we're probably going to get my kid for Christmas. There's no systems this year. I don't think. Nobody's investing in them, at least. There was a leasing deal through Best Buy for an Xbox uh, Xbox One uh, X or One S with the same kind of package deal as they had for the Series S and Series X. And it was relatively wow. cheap, and they allowed for an upgrade if, at, at a later date if you want to, and it was only like 23 bucks a month. I thought yeah, I about I'm- that, but... But they, but Best Buy's been out of their out of stock on that one for fucking ever too. Because anybody who can't find any of the newer systems, they're just buying the older ones. Yeah, I think I'm picking up Miles Morales uh, for my 14 year old. And as far as video games go, I think that's it. Maybe maybe a Fortnite card because he plays Fortnite like fucking crazy. Um, Same with mine. I'm thinking of getting mine, uh, getting him Smaltimate, the two fighters passes, a V Bucks card, and maybe Age of Calamity, just to kind of round out his games. I played the demo, and oh my god, I am in love. <laughs> For Age of Calamity? Yes. Yeah, Age of Calamity is going to be a game. I don't. Um... I don't know. I like. I'm more focused on the kids this year, just because of the whole shit that's going on. That's fair. That's yeah. fair. Yeah, I don't blame you, man. You do what you got to do. Yeah, it's not. It's like there's a, like other shit that I want to do, and like I said, I I fucking sorted my shit out for my miniatures. I have eight fucking armies. I might be making somebody's Christmas there because I'm <laughs> I'm looking at this shit like, man, I should just sell some shit off. <laughs> so. I've been moving it slowly. It's just that, like, man, I don't even know what to get rid of. Maybe the Space Marine stuff. I don't know. Whatever. I'll figure it out. <laughs> well, if you make an eBay posting, post it somewhere. I'm sure someone will buy that shit. Oh, I know. I already got friends that are interested. They were already asking me after I gave the the list of shit that I owned, and they were like, yeah, I have, I have issues. I have lots of issues. <laughs> I never realized how much I actually had and like, sorted it all out. I was like, my God. And I told I told uh, 
<laughs> I told Tony, I was like, hey, if I go missing, I'm buried underneath a plastic. <laughs> so, yep. Uh, I think that's it. I think we hit every. Uh, we even added a few extras, as in boxing and the Saudi Arabian prince. Yeah, we we uh, this was a nice meaty episode, especially because we were off for the week for Thanksgiving. So it feels kind of a nice little catch up point. Yeah. So, all right then. I I think we got anything we want to add, Lando, Drew. I got nothing. I'm good, man. This was this was fucking fantastic. Yeah, and we we stayed pretty high energy. Tire kind of tapering off, but I think we did pretty good. So, yep. Um, you can find us, find me at Angry Wargamer on Twitter. You can find the podcast at Angry Wargamer Podcast on Facebook. And you can catch us, just subscribe to us on either Podbean, Spotify, something. Just subscribe to us, spread the word, let people know. Apple Podcasts, um, we haven't branched out into the other stuff yet. But yeah. Let people know. And um, go ahead, Drew, with your Twitter stuff. And spread the spread the word. The word is angry. Yeah. <laughs> my, my 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 internet credentials are Punk Toast on Twitter. Uh, I'm also Punk Toast on Instagram. Uh, as I've said many times before, I don't inter- I don't have an interactable Facebook account for the for the podcast. Um, so if you were trying to get a hold of me th- via the uh, via Facebook, just do it through the podcast group itself. Um, I should make and, you. A, yeah. I should make you a moderator on the about it. If you just want to, to go ahead. Yeah, just so you have access to it too. Just to the post shit and see stuff if I don't see it right away. Sounds like some kind of plan at that point. But yeah, that's my credentials. What do you got, Orlando? Hey, you can find me at Haribo at the Ragnarok Night on Twitter. Uh, that's about it. Nice. All right. <laughs> uh, looking forward to hear from you guys. Interact with us. Let us know what you think. Um, feedback is always good. We're always moving forward. We're always trying new things. Um, so, yeah. And as always, stay sexy. Go fuck yourself.